Welcome along to Crunching Gears, Season 1, Episode 8. In this episode, Ian Besant and myself, Kim Glendinning, talk rallying. Ian will be known to many as a co-driver, where he sat along with the likes of George Robinson, Richard Hall, Derek McGarley, and many more. He's also known as the voice of motorsport on Downtown Cool FM, with his rally reports on the air every year. I hope you enjoy he has some fantastic stories to tell. What could you do in a works car with works back up, you think, Frank? Sure. Take it handy and win every rally around. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I really stood up and was counted and said, this is not getting away. I remember when we pulled on our helmets and Donald says to me, what are we doing? I said, we're going for gold, Barrett. Welcome along to Crunching Gears. In this episode, we speak to the one and only Ian Besant. Ian will be a voice that will be familiar to many from his time in downtown and Cool FM. Ian, you're very welcome along tonight. Thanks, Kevin. Looking forward to this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, not going to tell any stories. <laughs> I've heard that before. <laughs> <laughs> Ian, um, how did you first get involved in motorsport? Was it in the home growing up or was it something else that triggered yeah, it? I was probably, I'd always had an interest in cars and then my father owned a, a, a paper shop and started getting papers and I started getting motorsport news, or motoring news as it was then, motorsport. And I went on from that and then the first rally I think actually went to see, the first proper rally I went to see was Donegal in 1978. Mm -hmm. And I got left down with two other fellas, they'd hired a car. And it was me and, two, me and another fella, we'd no car, no nothing, no driving license. And I went and stayed in Donegal and seen 78 Donegal and that was it, that was just, Mm -hmm. That was it. Hooked after that one because yeah. that was just unbelievable, you know. And you think about it, 15, 16 year old, and you're you're walking around Ari Vatman that you've read about, and uh -huh. you know, even John Lyons in those days, like, yes. just an absolute superstar. Uh -huh. Remember on the Sunday, we're in a hedge somewhere amongst thousands of people, it seemed, mm -hmm. and no sign of Lyons, no sign of Lyons. Then he came down, and this aren't <laughs> No glass, no nothing, full face, open face helmet, and John just on the limit. Yes. <laughs> you know, and it was unbelievable. But that when you seen that, it just it just started. You know, that was it, that was it started and that was it. Uh -huh. I, the, 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 the flame had been lit at that stage. Oh, absolutely. Uh -huh. And then the, the following year I was in, in working up in Korean at a summer job in the petrol station, and we found out that the Ulster Rally was coming on the Friday night. Up from Larne up around the coast. Right. And we got up, we finished work, I think it was about 10 o'clock at night, finished work, we went out and we stood in this junction and it was a, a downhill junction right and left over crossroads and we could hear the cars coming in the distance and the lights going everywhere, you know, over the sea and everything was right beside the coast. 
and Pamela Rickler arrived. And he just straight lined the junction. Both sides, both wrong sides of the giveaway signs. Uh -huh. Boom, straight through. And you just thought, wow. And he wasn't the only one. Uh -huh. And it was supposed to be blind in those days. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At that time, we didn't know. No. Looking back, you wonder how they knew to get that line. But uh -huh. was, yeah. I am the dark as well, too. Yeah, so. <laughs> in the dark, when you hear those cars, yeah, and there was BDAs and there was, you know, Chevette HSs and all that stuff. You could hear them coming from miles, and you're standing, you know, maybe 10 or 15 people because it was a junction in the middle of nowhere. Uh -huh. It was just, you know, the anticipation's just building. That, 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 that's it. You're, you're hooked. Uh -huh. Aye, the smell and the sound and everything was oh, just there, uh, wasn't it? You know, and you're out in the middle of the night where you should, you're not normally, you shouldn't uh -huh. be. It's just, just yeah. fantastic. You know? mm -hmm. So, how did you make the move from spectator then to the co driver seat? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I started, I, I, I moved back up. I worked in Korean for about a year, I think, and then I moved back home and uh, had a good friend, Chris McNichol, and then him and me started getting on rally drivers, going to rallies and things. And then I met a guy called, I think it was Richard Hall, and I met them. And mm -hmm. Richard and I were good friends. We went and done the Lakeland stages around Skillman it was then, about 82, mm -hmm. three, somewhere around about that. And I, I said, would you co-drive? I said, oh, I would do that, see what happens. And we did that, didn't finish. Drove the car there, uh, got a left back because it broke the back axle. We did that and then later on in the year we did the Galloway Hills uh -huh. and oh drove a car in the boat, got the whole way over there, freezing cold, the whole lot, stayed in the guest house, uh -huh. got up the next morning, we're going down the stages. It was second Thursday, it's going really well, and it all went quiet. We're looking at each other, what's wrong? The petrol tank had fallen out. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going down the stage. So I, we eventually got the thing stopped. Got out, I had to get left back in the boat and go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll come back about two weeks later. Yeah. And I went off that and I sat with different people. Uh -huh. And I was I sat with Ian Mulwinnie and we did a couple of local events. Mm -hmm. And you know, Tardry and places like that, which were great. Norman Murrow's another one did a couple of local events for him. And then Richard and I decided that we'd have a go at the circuit. Mm -hmm. No idea. This is about 85. <laughs> Yes. Absolutely, you know, we'll do the circuit. That's what we'll, we'll get money. We'll do the circuit. Uh -huh. So we built this uh, sunbeam. It started off red at that time, but it was basically a TI. Good enough stuff on it. The engine was more or less nearly standard. Bit stunned it, and the interior was very standard. So we went and we decided we'd do the wrecking. Uh -huh. So we got Brian Patterson's notes, and we did the wrecking. We spent about four or five days in the wrecking, which I'd never read notes. He'd never listened to notes. <laughs> You know, but we got our way around, we did all right. And then we did the, the circuit and we got round. I think we nearly got put out because something went wrong with the distributor. And Willie McVicker came up the road behind us. Willie got out, he's telling jokes. And we were saying, Willie, Willie, need something done, need something. <laughs> so Willie, he started footing about. And he says, how long have you got? I says, well, how long are you going to be? Uh -huh. He says, well, how long have you got? I said, I think we need to be down the road five minutes ago. Oh, panic session then. Toys on this on. And we got going, I think we lost 14 minutes or something. Yes. yes. And we, but anyway, we got around the circuit, and that, that, that was all right at, you know, at, at cost of fortune. But we, we, we did it. Yes. And then we decided, I think, that we decided to do Donegal. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was a lot better because we just went down the wreck, we did the weekend, used Brian's notes again, which were great, and uh, <clears throat> really enjoyed Donegal. And the pace was coming then, mm -hmm. but the car was getting tired. 
Okay, so we decided we'd do the Ulster. Now that, by the time we got the Ulster, we'd more or less run out of any money we ever had. That was, you know, I had on anyway. Uh, <laughs> we went the Ulster, and we hadn't had an accident in the car. And you know at that time when you started, people said like, you've done 600 miles in the circuit, you've done, you know, 300 or 400 Donegal was at that time. Was uh -huh. Yes. And you know, you haven't had an accident. So of course we went on the Ulster thinking. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of stages local because the car was been looked after in Larne, guy John Murphy. It was John Murphy and James Barr, and they serviced for us, and they were unbelievably good. You know, just two, two talented, real good guys. Uh -huh. And there's another guy, Wesley McGill, he got them about between stages. Sat now, we called him because he just appeared everywhere. He didn't have to go. <laughs> he was just. <laughs> you know, Wesley, well, no, Matt, when you get there, I'll be there. And he was. Uh -huh. We were brilliant. Then we hit the car in Ruski. Yeah, uh -huh. and just, we had one of those accidents where. We actually thought we were going upside down, but it didn't. And it came to rest. It's all about down the road. Sunbeams was a problem over bumps because the back suspension overheated on them. Okay. Now the top guys in the sunbeams, what they were doing was every three stages changing the back shock, shock absorbers because they overheated. Let okay. them cool down. Yes. Go. Uh -huh. We had two shock absorbers in the rounds. <laughs> so it overheated, of course, over the bumps. Side to side up, and think, of course, we're pulling belts and everything at the time. We were going upside down. It came to rest. The only thing it did was damage the front wing. Right, finished the Ulster, and I think we finished second in the class or something. Brilliant. All right, we'll have a go at the Manx here. This is good. <laughs> now, again, no idea. Booked a place in the Isle of Man. Uh -huh. We got the land of a Nissan van to do the wreck in. We spent five days in this Nissan van. Well, I think we did 1,600 miles in the Isle of Man. <laughs> yes. Notes. Yes. Because Brian hadn't made any notes. Right. He had never made notes. Yes. So it was Brian Patterson. I was very friendly with Brian and, Liz, and they got me on to Terry Harriman. So I had uh -huh. been Terry Harriman before, and Terry gave me the notes. I sat and chat, and like Terry to me was an absolute hero, you know. Yes. I said, he's an absolute gentleman. Uh -huh. You're sitting in Terry's house and you're looking at the 1985 Monte Carlo victory. Yes. Trophy, you know, <laughs> I shouldn't be in here. <laughs> <laughs> we got the notes, and away we went. Terry took me through them. And what we, we changed them a bit to suit us, but he didn't really need to change. They were absolutely fantastic. Uh -huh. we, well, it was great for us. Yes. So on the first day, things we'd, we'd done a really good recce. Uh, the car seemed to be good. And the first day, I think we were 12th or 13th overall. Yep. The only one beating us in the class, I think, was Louise. Oh, uh, yeah, Louise. Yeah. <laughs> so up on Saturday morning, we'll, <coughs> we'll sort this out. I think we went into the first stage on Saturday morning and bent the back ass just in the car, it's over a bouncy bit. Mm -hmm. Again, car got a bit sideways, pulls a handbrake, and we, we end up in a ditch. Got the car out of the ditch, got back to service, and the boys changed the back axle in 20 minutes, right. which was unbelievable. Yeah. And then we got out, and then we did a, a three or four stages, and then we went up Fultley Well, which was a beautiful stage. Mm -hmm. And as we came around one of the hairpins, just the bottom hairpin before you actually came up the hill, my seat, which was an old TI reclining seat, broke. And I end up in the back of the car. <laughs> so we just carried on. <laughs> I remember the boy looking at the end when I put, I sort of let up and put the car down. I couldn't tell. <laughs> and they just sort of let us away with it, you know. We got yeah. the service, the boy's well in the seat and that was that. And we got, we got finished, but you know, the, the car was getting quite tired. Uh -huh. And I remember going around, there was a bit, one of the stages they used, and it was right on the front, the sort of 
front pier, I think it was a very fast bit of road. And we're both sitting on each other, and this car was doing 8,000 revs. Probably doing about 80 miles an hour, but doing 8,000 revs. And we both sort of moved our feet away because we thought the flywheel might have come off. <laughs> 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 you know, I think we, we, really we had, you know, we maybe done it with eight tyres, you know, with some tyres. That's all we had. Yes. Uh-huh. So we come back, we finished there. Or, <clears> the finish was actually quite funny because we read the, the regulations before it like sat and studied them. And in those days, if the car wasn't road legal when it came to the finish, mm-hmm. it could be fine. So a, a light at 25 quid. Right. You know, something else, any light was 25 quid. Uh-huh. We had to stop. Everybody stopped before they went into the final service, checking the lights, like an MOT center. You think about it now, it wouldn't happen. You know, something not to light it, I just carry yeah. on. Take uh-huh. It had to be working. Uh-huh. So everybody got checked away and we come back from the banks. Uh, I couldn't do the recce in Cork because it was so busy. I started to get really busy in work. Uh-huh. And um, we did Cork, and Dickie had bought a new engine, Skip Ryan engine for Cork. Uh-huh. So we went down in Cork. Uh, the engine was fantastic, far better than the car. We never had brake problems in that car before, but we didn't like it. Yeah, it keeps going so much quicker, yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know about stage. I think it was the second run over the first three stages. We started, so it seemed to go off a cylinder. I started to smell, you know, that lovely smell of oil and water mix. Uh-huh. But then the stage, it got to the end of the stage and steamed the whole lot, opened the bonnet, and there was holes in the block on either side. <laughs> 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 but that was that year done. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, 86 then, we decided, Dickie got big sponsorship, a good sponsorship uh-huh. from uh, car parts. Yeah. And they would made him enough money to build a new car. It was that car rebuilt into a new shell, brand new shell. Yes. And a new engine, a new bottom engine. I bought the engine, new suspension, more or less a new car. <laughs> I did um, Galway '96 with Steve Money, and we were doing all right. And another uh-huh. somebody. And uh-huh. then I think we cracked. We it just went in through a hedge. It was very slippery. Went in through a hedge and damaged something. Right. But. but um, Got to the circuit, working right up to the circuit. Mm-hmm. No wrecking. Couldn't, couldn't do a wrecking. Uh-huh. We took the car out the night before. I got a set of Brian Patterson's notes, mm-hmm. changed them. We took it out of our stage called Carnarvana. We were using two days' time. Mm-hmm. And we, that's the first time we drove the car. Right. No, no testing. Yes. That's what we, we took the car to scrutiny, but turned down. Okay. They put us a brace on the axle, and in those times they were very fussy. That had the axle brace had to be bolted on. Okay. Our boys, like everybody else had done, had welded mm-hmm. and kept. So we come out of scrutiny, get that changed, right? Get that changed. What we're going to do? What we're going to do? We met Norman Kettle, told him. Mm-hmm. Within so at ten minutes, he was in below it with a, a big saw and just cut through them. Take it back in. <laughs> and we went, and she passed. <laughs> so off we went in the circuit. And it, it used some of the stages we knew quite well around Lauren. Mm-hmm. And in those days, the stages like you'd have done, you know, the first day was 120 miles. Mm-hmm. And then you went to bed, then you got four o'clock in the morning, and you did another six stages before you got to Dublin and had your breakfast. That was yes. another 100 miles. Uh-huh. So they're all good long stages. And things were going all right. We, we actually were so interested in how we were getting on with the car, we never knew, we never looked at times wrong. Uh-huh. On the Friday, we sort of slowed up, but we got caught speeding. Right. Police and they pulled us in on the way to oh what was it? bridge or a bridge 
Okay, yeah. We're not one mind at We can pull in. And they kept us and kept us and kept us and kept us. We got in the control with seconds to spare. And we didn't know it. We thought that was the end of it. Yeah. We, didn't do it. we might have to report us, but they didn't. And we got finished on Friday. Then we all went back to my house because I was living in Belfast. My parents, big meal, the whole lot, in the bed, stayed there, four o'clock in the morning, up. And away we went. Everything was great. And we mm -hmm. found out we were 12th overall. We thought, right. oh, there's you know, something wrong here. It's not right. Uh -huh. But it was, it was true. Yeah. It, was, it was fantastic. You know, and that year was probably the last long circuit. Mm -hmm. 605 stage And we never had any plans of it, you know, we just want to do the circuit. Wasn't uh -huh. do that, just want to do the circuit. Mm -hmm. And you know, we're getting a bit of stick because the car was bright yellow. We were wearing bright yellow overalls. Yes. The circuit fan was bright yellow. I've just, I, I've just, uh, Brian Patterson had in oh, one of the, yeah, yeah the, uh, the, the two yellow canaries in the cage. Oh, they get that everywhere. Yes. I'll tell you a story about that when we went to Scotland, that was even more. <laughs> But anyway, we got on in the circuit on the Saturday, got finished on Saturday night, and we got told then we were fined five hundred pounds for speed. Mm -hmm. And if we didn't appear with five hundred pounds, excluded. So we thought of, I don't know how we got we got five hundred quid. Big boring stool, you know. I don't know. Don't know how it came about because we didn't have five hundred quid anywhere near it. And um we got five hundred quid and then we went on and got a good run on Sunday. Monday was always the hard day. But we got to Monday, got up through Monday, and we got into, go, coming into Galway. <clears throat> and Galway was absolutely jam-packed. You couldn't get in, you couldn't get out. Mm -hmm. I got out of the car and I ran about half a mile and got in the control. Now, but this time, we hadn't had a penalty. Okay. Not one second last. Right. And I said to the guy, you know, the car stopped up the street. It's not, the car's coming, you know, it's nothing. And there's two or three other co-drivers there. We both the same thing. And he was going to do us all. And he eventually said, ah, it's not your fault. I clicked in. Uh -huh. and I think then that changed that we thought we might be onto something. You know, the luck had changed yes. and things were going well. Uh -huh. We're up through the Sunday night and it was one stage over the Partry Mountains. We come out of service at the right time. Everybody else more or less had problems was late out of service. We arrived at the stage, I think it was stage 40-something. No recce. We didn't know where we were going. No. We just followed the road, but no trip mm -hmm. in the cars. I'd never done a rally with a trip in the car, and I went so it made no odds. <laughs> we got down to this wee lane, and it was so dark, you know, there was no light anywhere. No. This guy came out, had to ask him what stage we were at, if we were at a stage. And he says, oh, I know why. And then the rest of the cars came. I think we were on about fifth or sixth in the road there. And you could see, as we were going down the stage, you, know, you could see cars in the distance in front of you. And you didn't know where you were going. No. Just that kind of stage. And then we came across Coleman went off, we got there on the stage. Jimmy McRae, he damaged the wheeler, both wheels in the metro, and the studs were all locked, so he couldn't get a wheel off. Right. But everybody stopped, we're all trying to pull this wheel off. And then, oh, we need to go, we need to go, we need to go, four o'clock in the morning, we need to go. Uh -huh. And I don't think we realised we'd actually done quite well until we got to about, I think it was Oma, the next mm -hmm. morning. And I think it was Brian said this, you know, you're ninth man. What? Because when you're doing a long run like that, as I said to somebody, you spend most of your time looking at your watch, but you never know the time. Right, yes. Because you're only looking for a minute, you know, 11, yes. 12, 42, you know, whatever your time you're due. Uh -huh. Especially the services were all 17 minutes, so your head was all going, I might yes. be here in 17 minutes. You know, yeah, it's 15 minutes, it's whatever now you think you're out here. And we come out of there, and <clears> I think we, 
we ran behind Harry Toyman then. And stages up around Cookstown and that before mm -hmm. that down towards the Antrim again. And Harry went off right in front of us. I think the major shot where he seen go straight on the, the junction. We just came along after him. Uh -huh. And the, the people, the stages were absolutely wrong because we never been up as high as that. No, this uh -huh. actually, you know, you come around a corner and the road was open with people. Yeah, you know, and it was just, it was just, it was fantastic. Uh -huh. Eventually, we got around to the finish and still didn't believe it. And then we sort of coming on the road section down. We thought maybe we've done all right here, you know. And it was just fantastic. Got to bed that <laughs> afternoon. Uh, got up that night and into the city hall and got all the trophies. So I think we won best Northern Ireland crew first in class, something else and something else. Group uh -huh. I dropped one of the trophies. I think it was after that, then probably hindsight, we said we'd never know in the other school. <clears throat> yes. Richard had never done very little on gravel. Mm -hmm. And we didn't really know. We went to Scottish anyway and uh, went over there. We arrived in Scotland. I was, I was always booking places for us to stay. And now, bear in mind, we were coming in a yellow van with a mm -hmm. yellow rally car and trailer. Yes. Five boys wearing yellow. <laughs> yes. I the place in Suki Hall Street uh -huh. in Glasgow. Yes. Famous for ladies of the night. <laughs> Didn't know that they arrived. <laughs> they got out. Hugged up in front the way you normally do, you know, get out. And uh -huh. It's inside. And, that's all right. It was, you know, it was a nice guest house. Uh -huh. The boys were saying, do you see such and such? Uh -huh. No idea. Absolutely no idea. We went down to get some deed in a pub and five of us walked in wearing yellow shirts and yellow coats. And the whole place just stopped. <laughs> Glasgow, like, you know, 86. Uh -huh. Yes. So turned them out and got a car out. Scott was an eyewitness too because, you know, McCray, Colin McRae was there. Mm -hmm. I think he was running two cars behind us. And you'd heard of a Colin. We met him, you know, we just dice mm -hmm. and Jack was sitting with him. And uh, we got talking to them at the start. And then you know, on the first stage, I think it was Tarmac Round, one of the, one of the sort of city places. Uh -huh. And we were first in the class round that. Right. We went to knock out, two stages on the quickest. Oh, maybe these boys aren't as quick as we think, you know. Uh -huh. And it was just starting to get dark, mm -hmm. and we got into the first four stage. Robin Lyons was in front of us, or two cars in front of us in the version. Robin took off, we took off, but four miles in. I said, Dickie, what, 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 what? Somebody's catching us, somebody's catching us, somebody's catching us. We thought we were going all right, you know? Uh -huh. Okay, and this something. Right. And he came past, and the thing's just sliding from side to side. You could have watched it like a video. It was just yes. absolutely beautiful, the car control. Mm -hmm. He caught us. And Robin Lyons in a 14 mile stage. <laughs> and you just thought, you know, if you're going to get caught by anybody. Yes. And he was, you know, he was so easy going. And uh -huh. we, we, we spent a lot of time with him that, that weekend because uh -huh. we got to have him more that night. And of course, we didn't know where to stay. We didn't, you know, what do you do? Yeah. You, know, you sit for a couple of hours, that was it. Mom and me, mom and me. They had, his father was doing the rally. Grinrod. So Colin and I and Dickie and, and Nicky Jack got their room as they were coming out. They were ah, yes, 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 you were coming out. 
Do we lay for two hours in their room? You know, I lay in Glen Rose bed thinking that would help me. Debbie lay in Jimmy's bed thinking that would help, you know. <laughs> we got around the Scottish and it was, we spent more time out of bed. That really, it, was, it was 400 miles in the forest. Yes. Absolutely scrap. Uh -huh. And we come back and that, and I think well, I was starting to really run out of money then. Mm -hmm. And business was, you know, they wanted me to do more and work. So we did the Ulster and we were unlucky in Ulster. Because we, uh, on one of the road sections, after two stages, one of the road sections, it went up past uh, Boyd's Quarry. And there was a big stone in the road, on our side of the road. And we couldn't uh -huh. miss it, but the car came all the way and broke a gearbox. Right. We got the service and we had no gearbox. That was our side. Right. Uh -huh. And then I think Dickie wanted to do things now. It just, it just sort of went our own ways then. Uh -huh. just yes. Things, you know? Mm -hmm. But it was some time ago, I can tell you, it was great crack. Yeah, I can imagine, yeah. And like McCray was probably only, what, 18, 19 at that stage, wasn't he? Yeah, it was, Because uh -huh. that, that night, in the, uh, when we finished the rally, <clears throat> he came in, 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 he came in to see us. We met Alistair, Alistair was about 16. Right. Mm -hmm. And he was just busting to get rallying. Yes. You know, the whole family, was, but lovely family, you know, Colin, uh -huh. just, Colin just was Colin. Uh -huh. It never changed. Mm -hmm. But he was, you know, to watch that and you've seen him and you look back and you think, is it any wonder? But you've seen the car just dancing, you've never seen the car just, you know. Uh, and his sunbeam would have been a scrapper compared to that one we had at that time. Right, yes. Uh -huh. you, know, you know, yes. It was just unbelievable. Uh, and he was just making do you know the roads? Are you reading the map around? No, no, no. He knows where he's going. He's just, he just does that. He's just natural. I think you're blown away with that at that age too, isn't it? It's just yeah, it's just mm -hmm. But yeah. fair play then. Mm -hmm. uh, Remember all the lambs sent in the states. Did you see that? Did you see that? <laughs> yeah. Farmer, some of them. He says, I. He says, I've never been caught in the states before, but I'm glad I was caught by him. That's <laughs> 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 so true. Yes. I don't know how well he was going to go after. Uh -huh. Yeah. You could see it just the way he was driving. It's just a different class. Uh -huh. Oh, different. Different altogether. Uh -huh. Then later in 86, i seen you getting in beside Derry McCartney in a metro to, uh, to Clarny. That must have been some experience then. Yeah. And there was a park as well. As, or no, that was well, the park was after 87. Uh, yeah. But yes, he got the metro. And I was very friendly with Jimmy Mills. So I'd done a few rallies with Jimmy Mills as well. Mm -hmm. And I know Desi and that. He got the metro and he said, you go to Clarny. And I said, go to Clarny, certainly. Uh -huh. So we went to Clarny, but the metro was absolutely brand new about three days before. Yeah, I remember London and Balloween at that time. Yeah, it was just, this was like a spaceship <laughs> London at that time. Oh, it was unbelievable. <laughs> and went to Clarny, we did a good recce. Desi made his own notes. He made beautiful notes too. Very yeah. easy, even very, very concise. Um, and, but we, he never really got onto the car until I think the Saturday night. Okay. It was about three stages in the dark and I think he was we were quickest in two or three of them. But everything just worked. Mm -hmm. The notes worked. The car, he'd really got on the car. One of the problems with those metros when they come out at first was there's no power steering. Okay. And if you try to turn the steering wheel, it was impossible. Mm -hmm. You know, they just they're just agricultural things. But the grip it had and the speed it had and it took an awful while to understand the biggest problem with the brakes, the brakes are so good where you thought you were breaking, you could count to 10, and then he'd still be breaking too early. Right. And that took an awful long, because he hadn't driven. He did, I think Desi had done five miles in us. Right, yes. No, I think he's, excuse me, mm -hmm. Desi a very, very good driver, but a very thoughtful driver, and thought about the car and thought about it. And once he got it the way he wanted, 
he did go very quickly. <laughs> but the whole experience of the thing, you know, when he started off the line, I hadn't sat in it till I got up the road to go to the first aid. Mm -hmm. He just bowl, and the thing just, you know, he, he, I was used to some rooms and things and escorts spinning away before I got like, oh, uh -huh. just bump, bump. Cool. <laughs> but it needed the suspension. The suspension wasn't properly sorted for Killarney or any Irish tarmac. Yes. So, needed all that done. Mm -hmm. so we got up the finish and he, you know, he done well. I think it was seventh or sixth or seventh or something. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Uh -huh. And then we did a few rallies, a few local rallies in it. Uh, we did the Cone Crusher. We were, I think we were leading it or second or third or somewhere. And a light came on and came for us. Mm -hmm. light, and it was like an oil light. Oh. <laughs> so automatically switched off. Yes. We found out afterwards that it was actually an electrical failure. Oh. <laughs> it was just a fuse. Uh -huh. I did the right thing, you know. Oh, you couldn't do the chance. Long, time reading. Keep going, keep going to see the junction. The light comes uh -huh. on. Oh, turn that off. That uh -huh. And that was that, you know. But the, the metro was just something else. But I, I think at that time they were so brand new. Mm -hmm. Never properly, you know, the worst cars were sorted out. Yes. But the customer cars were, you know, build as many as you can because they had to build, what, 400 or something? Uh, 200 of them, yeah, I had to get them out and they had to be, and they had to be rolled out. Yeah. And that was actually the last time, I think, that the Metro was run, run at an international. Mm -hmm. They were banned after that. Yeah, that's right, they were banned then, then the 86 weren't there. They were either, group B, either, they brought them later, a couple of years later, but they were kind of detuned or whatever, the, the change of engine and all in them at that stage. The engine's on the 2.5 litre or something, didn't uh, it? Yeah, uh -huh. that's right, yeah. Mm -hmm. It was had some experience, like mm -hmm. you know, and doing that with Desi had so much experience. He learned so much. He made notes just, <laughs> you know, he made notes once, mm -hmm. and they were perfect. Right. You know, it wasn't. I want to change that. Do it. It just knew. Uh -huh. Just a natural talent again for it as well. Yeah. Too. But he'd been doing it for so long too. Experience. Uh, well, you know, experience. I was, you know, if you sat with guys that were younger than you. You were trying to help them. You sat with guys that had experience. You were learning from them, which was yes. great. Uh -huh. That was a one-one for everybody too, wasn't it? Then, yeah. That. Uh -huh. Then we took uh -huh. it to Lurgan Park in '87. Yes, that was, we nearly won it. Uh -huh. Very close because we had a battle with Kenny McKinn Street all day, and we were probably twenty seconds ahead of everybody else. And the two uh -huh. of us went in the final stage. Was it three? Was it two? I don't uh -huh. know many seconds apart, but we had a chance. Uh -huh. And it was just on the limit stuff the whole way. And we'd, we'd rigged up the intercom because the, the metal was so noisy. Mm -hmm. I had a bit of sponge on my face. Right. So Desi could hear me. So it was, and it was all, it all worked all well all day. And we'd come back around the back bit, around the fast bit, and then onto the back bit on the gravel, and come off the gravel, and turn in the middle of the park, mm -hmm. and go to the box. Right. The fourth gear was to come to second. Uh -huh. It was so it's the closest I'd ever get to win an Oregon Park. Yes, you know? uh -huh. yes, he really, really wanted it, but it was, you know, one of those things. Mm -hmm. I don't I, think that car ever gave much bother. No, just it was so, uh, something just so simple. Uh -huh. Simple, and that's happened. Mm -hmm. it's just so then, eighty-seven had bits and pieces, and then I ended up sitting with George. I won my first rally. Time for right. rally. Yes, and Desi was second in the metro. <laughs> <laughs> and it was another one was. Battled all day, uh -huh. and I think we were about fourth or fifth after the first run through Tardry and all that. It was 20 stages. I remember Brian Patterson, yeah. when I looked back at it a few years ago, and it was 20 stages, yeah. and it was the last four or five stages were in the dark. Mm -hmm. And we got to Slevenora for the very last stage. That was the full length of Slevenora, about eight miles, which was quite long for one of those things. Uh -huh. 
And uh, I said to George, the map light's not working great. He says, there's no map light. <laughs> he says, George, we're going to need someone. He says, look down in there at your feet. You'll see a, a torch. And I got the torch out. And uh, I think we were 12 or 14 seconds behind Desi. And I think, no, oh, this is not going to. George says, look, we looked up the hills and the cars were stopped and getting ready to go. It's very foggy. Sleeping mm -hmm. already used to get very foggy, you know, came very low. Uh -huh. And I said, what do you think? Now, the way we had done the notes the week before, we had walked the stages once. Right. Because at that time, you weren't allowed any motorbikes around the ground, you know. Okay. And a bike in a forest is not easy to make notes on. So we no. just walked it once, spent the Sunday. I think we spent Monday in bed after it, but nevertheless. Wreck. <laughs> and we got down to the last stage, and, you know, big George, it's just so easy going, you know, you never, what are we going to do? You know, well, just do it. You just carry on. Go, all right, go, all right. You read the way notes. Go, all right. And we took off at that stage, and he, that was the year he just put the BDX in. Mm -hmm. And started. The sound of it was alone. It was, oh, it was a gorgeous car. And we got up and really going hard. The next thing I knew, I'm reading, you know, make sure you turn right up at the top here at 50, 40, trying to count down. Down the escape road. Oh, the was fog. Got reversed, gently done it, got reversed, up over the top of sleeping over down the other side, and we come out and got Desi's time. We beat him by 19 seconds. What the spin the <laughs> And that was, you know, and that was, I, that's how I won the first rally. Yeah. And it was just, oh, it's just, you know, you'd always yeah. want, when you start rallying, I think everybody wants to win. Yes, rally. of course. You know, yeah, yeah. It doesn't matter. Aye. Once you get the first one. Yes. And it, oh, it's just unbelievable, you know, it's great. Mm -hmm. And like George again, as you say, like he's just one of them guys, and that started the things he'd done with that car that, that he had it. Whatever, it was amazing, wasn't it? Yeah, so. He was just so at home with it. You know, he used to. George is one of those people. You never ever felt the car was getting away from him. Right. You know, everything was under control. Mm -hmm. Always, and he always carried a lot of speed. Mm -hmm. George was sort of. I used to say he was always up a gear. Right. You know, he, he, he'd rev it so much, but if he could get into fifth gear, he was in fifth gear. Mm -hmm. And then, he's probably the last late breakers, he probably still is. Right. Uh -huh. But the, the, the car was so well balanced. Mm -hmm. You know, and George was just, it was just, him and the car were just perfect. Aye, there's every now and again, there's a, a combination that just clicks, isn't there? A car, driver, the whole, so. he, he would tell you that himself, man. Mm -hmm. Now, of all the cars he's ever had, I would say that was no doubt the most successful of all time for him. Yeah. And it must be something that's inherent in the start of it as well, too, because, you know, you look at even the Milkman now and Shane McGurr in the forest, you know, there's no overhang on them. They're like, they're no overhang. As well. mm -hmm. And I, I think they're bal you can balance them really well. Mm -hmm. They're great under, under braking, too. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're, they're small, but they're not overly small. Yes. So they're nice and squat, you know. Mm -hmm. So they're good and fast. They're just a good all round, and they're light. Mm -hmm. shells light, so it was good. Yeah. That was one you'll not forget, my for a while. No, that's for sure. And then uh, you you started competing in the BRC then with Ken Graham in the two hundred five. That was idiot, wasn't it? I done a few rides with Ken the Sunbeam. Uh huh. And. I think Don Lurgan Park with Ken and Sunbeam and bits and pieces, a couple of the Northern Ireland events. Uh -huh. And we got on very well. And then he got a sponsorship deal from Woodlock Windows in Oma. Mm -hmm. I think it was his father in law. Come up with this 205 GT. It was the ex Robin Land one. Okay. That was a good car. Mm -hmm. And we went, Ken, Ken and I had done actually the Border County. He's done a few in Scotland actually. And 
he was a great driver on the loose, real good gravel driver. And he, he himself, he would have said he wasn't so fussed and tired, but mm-hmm. when did the national breakdown was the first one? And not really at it at all, and then it broke a, a drive shaft, which apparently those things did. So right. that was the end of the way. Went to the circuit, uh, did a, a reasonably good recce, and he just switched on to the car and tarmac. Mm-hmm. He really got the hang of it, just it suited him down to the ground. And as the rally went on and progressed, he got better and better and better. And we came home 11th overall, first Northern Ireland crew. And, you know, I remember saying, I stopped him coming out of Mondello Park at last day. He said, do you realise what you've done here? And I told him, I, said, I, don't, I just don't know how you've done that. <laughs> he says, I, I never liked these cars. Mm-hmm. I thought that was it. You know, we, we stayed in Dublin that night, did all the prize given up because then in those days, if you didn't go to the prize, then you didn't get any prizes. Okay, yes. Uh-huh. You know, which is now different, you know. Uh-huh. Because, and that was part of it. The social life was good. Uh-huh. And uh, then we went to the wheels. And I think the confidence was maybe a bit too high on wheels. <laughs> We'd done quite well in the first couple of stages. And then we went into Hafram. And I'd started to use maps with uh, talking to Mark Crow, who sat with Davy Greer, mm. because we'd always been fairly close to them. And Davy had a, a lovely Toyota Corolla. It was always, it was a joke, it was eight seconds his way or eight seconds our way, seemed to be for a while. Mm-hmm. And Mark was showing and I was saying, see, how do you call those big, they're big huge, you know, they're, they're a hairpin that went on for three miles. Oh, right, yes. <laughs> and I just say, big long left, you keep going on Titans. <laughs> we came across a few of these and the, uh, Persia was sliding about, Ken's getting the hang of it. Mm-hmm. And we come out of, about the third one and half went up, third, fourth, fifth gear. And as we hit fifth gear on the street, the car just turned right into the tree. Oh, I remember. I looked up from the map. We don't to this day know what happened. Mm-hmm. But we went back and spoke to the spectators after the got us out of it. And they said, like, you're all right, run the hairpin. It was all fine. And, you know, we think something broke, but there was nothing left the car. Hardly. So <laughs> the seats broke. I think I've ever sitting on and the glass coming in around us. Right. Ken looks across at me and he says, Jesus, sir, she's racked. <laughs> <laughs> and the only thing the salvage from him was the tailgate. Right. The only thing it's worth taking over. <laughs> and I hurt my back, but I didn't realise at that time how badly it hurt my back. Right. I broke bits of vertebrae in my back. Right. It didn't catch on, you know. You went to the hospital, I leave the dead on, that type of thing. Uh-huh. Go to your doctor when you go home. Yes. That's all right. Uh-huh. That was funny because we both said that night we don't remember much about the bed and breakfast where we stayed around. You just right. broke yes. the, the whole thing. And um, we got back, did, got the car shell, it did Donegal. Uh-huh. And that was the year all the 1600 cars were supposed to use a smaller wheel. We did it in the circuit and some of the other competitors didn't. Ken was not at this because when he bought the car, he bought the seven inch wheels with it. Okay. I think it down to six and a half or something. Right. We bought them, done it in the circuit, which was great. I mean, and he was, de- he was determined to try these seven inch Persian wheels for some reason. Uh-huh. And I said to him, no, don't bother. No, no, I'll be all right, boy. Donny goes, dead on, dead on, but dead on. Oh, late in the class, by donkey's mouse. Uh-huh. Stage six, I seen the scrutiny. Ian, get Ken to turn the wheel out. Derek Russell, turn the wheel out. I seen the. The, the, the scissors going on at the mouth. Uh-huh. I said, I think we're caught here. Caught what? What are we caught for? What are we caught for? And Derek, I see him, Derek nodding, you know, just he knew exactly what it was. Sure, got back in the hotel that night. Uh-huh. So, 
Kern said, oh, he was going ballistic about this and that. We sat on, sat on. Put on a protest. So I put on a protest. Tried to come up with a, you know, we'd entered the wrong class. We're going differently. Matt the Ottery was part of the course. Yes. As I was putting in the protest, they were coming in through there where the stewards were and getting sent out the other door. No, uh -huh. no. And I kept doing this about two o'clock in the morning. And then I think I give up. I got up the next morning going down to the hotel. Going to see Matt. Matt's in hospital. He's what? Too much pressure last night. He's in hospital. So I went, I, I thought, you know, what I done? I'd kept the man up this time. Like I was panicking. I went, I went and I bought fresh strawberries and took them to the hospital. I went and seen Matt, he's up in the bed, and Matt just smiled at me, and we just laughed, the two of us, for about 15 minutes. <laughs> and he swore it wasn't me. It was just a lot of boys like me. <laughs> and we sat in it, at fresh strawberries. That was the end of that, I don't yeah. know. Some people go on the drink, we went on the fresh strawberries. Yeah, uh, I mean, Matt was back out uh, at the rally again before the weekend was over too, wasn't it? Sunday. Yeah. I saw him on Saturday, I was out on Sunday. Yeah. I see him on the stage, he's weird, no like me. Because <laughs> you always, when you retire or something happened, you went out and you went yeah. out and spectacular because it, uh -huh. it was just, there was so much going on, it was fantastic. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. The social side of it was nearly as important as the rally. Everybody, you know, and there was, yeah. every, there was most of the boys that weren't in teams. You know, everybody's a team now. Yes. Most of us were there with a car and three or four boys looking after us or two boys looking after us. Like when I was Ken, the whole way around England that year and after we had Johnny Crossley and Noel Dixon. Okay. And they were, they were just, you know, we need to be there. That's all right. And they always were. Unbelievable. Yes. Just to turn off them. You know, drive through the middle of the night to get home. That's all right. Mm -hmm. You know, and you just, you just loved it, but you, like it would never happen now. No. And it changed quite quickly, you know, the 90s, it all changed. Right. We all went to rally. If you did well, that was good, but if you got to finish, that was even better. Uh -huh. And if you didn't, there was no harm. You had to finish, and then you had a bit of crack. <laughs> yes. So because that was your whole life. You didn't have any other social life outside of it. No, that, that, that was... That you was... spent everything doing it. Yes. You know, that was it. That was all you could do. <laughs> Of some crack, man. yes. <laughs> and then Ken, he got second with that car and he sold it. He traded it into Graham Middleton for a Corolla, okay. Yeah, so we started the next year in a Corolla mm -hmm. and money was tight and things. We went and did the national breakdown again, we're going quite well. And then halfway through the first night, the bonnet blew up, the engine blew at the same time, and a Corolla engine at that time was a lot of money, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that was that. Because they were they using the kind of former three engines in them at that time, the Tom engine. Yeah, sixteen hundred down the tune, one of that. Uh -huh. I think I think the engine was ten grand. Yeah. Which was I don't think the car was much more. No. <laughs> you know. But it was a it was a fortune of money, so you know, Ken only done bits and pieces then after that. Mm-hmm. And then I it was eighty nine then you sat in with Neil Duggan and or Duggan and was that the Australia? Uh, Sierra. <laughs> <laughs> D418 SVW. Oh, yes. <laughs> Run by McRae Motorsport. Uh -huh. Sponsored by Apple Computers. Oh, no company. They never went far. Yeah, you ever hear of them again? <laughs> no, I never heard of them again. And I didn't know any. It was Brian and his Patterson set this one up for me. And uh -huh. they had done a bit of rally in Scotland, but I, I'd sort of known a couple of Scottish boys, and they said, I'd ah, be all right, be all right, be all right. 
And with McRae were on the car, we went over, had to go over the week before and get pictures taken of all these races and the whole lot. And that's going to be very serious, you know. He arrived over and he stayed with me and we did the recce in uh, Sierra Cosworth, Zafar. And I thought, this is going to be, you know, government's mm-hmm. done when I tested the car. Couldn't believe it. They, they adjusted my seat and all for me. The big buy worked for McRae, so adjusted uh-huh. my seat, you know. And, and then we sat with Derek Ringer and he talked us through what they were going to do. And everyone didn't tell us much, you know, and Derek, you know, just Derek didn't say much. <laughs> so anyway, we came to the rally and uh, we got through, got ready for the first stage. Of course, and it's a lovely fella, but the yeah. bit uptight, you know, and just uh-huh. talking about them, you know, all right, calm down. It was raining out of the heavens. The first stage was outside Moira. And Moira in that area was always shiny tar. And I, he hadn't done much time. I was saying, See when you see it shining at you, you just come back, mm-hmm. just back off and don't break hard on it. Right, right, yes, I know you do. And Colin had met us at the first service. He was out in the three door Cosworth as well. And of course, they're talking, what tires are you going to? You know, Colin, huh? Ah, slicks. What? Mm-hmm. It's really, but they're on, but they're on, you get heat on them. But they're on, no bother, no bother. Mm-hmm. And of course, he was winding it up. Yes. So he put on, Neil put on, Two slicks on the back of the car and wets in the front of the car. Oh, great. Yes. We got in the first days where we went, and like those cars were, were quick. Uh-huh. They were shame, you know? Yes. We got to the first junction, 360. Uh-huh. Got to the second junction, 360. And before the start, the guy that was working for Apple had given me this load of uh, sort of small stickers to put on your car, Apple uh-huh. computers, Apple Rally, you know. Give them out to everybody you see. All the marshals make sure you get them. Because I had them in bags at my knees with all the road books and stuff. We got, we got going out of the second or third junction and come down a nice twisty bit and downhill. And the next thing I knew, I'm reading away. Next thing I hear bang and it looks up. And all I could see was this thing going up in the air in the field and the apple stickers just flying out <laughs> inside of her. <laughs> the sail was that big. He never moved. No great seats. Never knew. Yes. And the screen started to come out of it. And out of the screen was, you know, these apple stickers go, and I'm trying to catch them for some reason. And it landed on its wheels. <laughs> it landed on its wheels. I think it went over twice. We're not sure. Somebody said it went over twice. Uh-huh. And it touched the roof on either side, and it just knocked the shell and the mess. Yes. So we're like, get out of the thing, get out of the thing. We'll go, we'll go, we'll go, we'll go. We'll go. Uh-huh. I look through him, and Neil's taking this really bad. He starts to cry. He starts to get really upset. I said, no, you're all right, you're all right. We got to the end of the stage, got out, and, you know, of course there's a crowd standing at the end of the stage. I knew, you know, uh-huh. oh, what happened? You know, all this stuff, the bangers, the bangers yes. started. Got down the road a bit, and we met the chase car. Barry came out. He says it doesn't look too bad. Oh, shite, he says. <laughs> it's scrap. The screen was broke. The screen came out in one corner, in the top corner, and the roof was all bent. Right, yes. Well, that was a sight you more or less got put out of the car uh-huh. right in the way mm-hmm. back to the hotel and it was staying that night with the apple people they had 20 or 30 people over oh. the sea <laughs> no fancy none he went to the hotel room he was very upset about it and i'm sure he was because he'd oh, done that so right to get the deal and uh-huh. yes might have went to something else you know and mm-hmm. going bad in the first stage so i got the apple people in the three cars and we went and watched stages that afternoon right and that was that was as much as that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> great! Just one Yes. Uh-huh. I think I've done. I, I, 
was that the year I done I've been twenty second with George too and 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 Galway, yeah, that's right, yeah, uh -huh. that's right. Started yeah. off that year well with George. Uh huh. Well, yeah, that, that was because we done. That was normal. I hadn't sat with George for a while. I just done small events. Uh -huh. Going to Galway. I will go. Season seventeen. Never thought a thing about it. Uh huh. But down the first week, and I booked us in the place, Salt Hill, handy for the stages. Mm -hmm. That was probably the worst hotel I've ever been in. It was freezing. <laughs> So anyway, we got out uh -huh. another hotel, another another guest house. We got down to Galway and it rained. It rained the whole way down. It rained, mm -hmm. the it rained the week before. And uh, you know, when we were going down, we could hear on the radio with the reporting floods and all this crap. Uh -huh. Got the car through scrutiny. And I got the Saturday morning. Look for intermediates on the car. Now George been a Balamina man, four years old. No matter what, these two soft ones. <laughs> two went out, and it just clicked. That car and George and those slippery conditions was just magic. Yes. And it was just clicked, but we didn't think it was anything special. Mm -hmm. No. We were in the first service, and in those days, he didn't get time sent. He didn't know. You no. had to and got them all done up, or, you know. You got out of the car. I caught him on source. I said, Look, way down there. I'll be down 10 minutes. I'll go and get some times. Mm -hmm. and the first boy I met was, uh, I think it was Stephen Murphy. Stephen said, Geez, these boys are going hard. I says, Are we? He says, I, and this fella called me, he says, Stephen says, Do you know who this boy is? See, the boy says, No, I don't, sir. He says, This is Ian Vesant. Who's he? He's sitting with George Robinson. George Robinson? What hospital are you staying in tonight? Because that man will put you in a hospital, sir. Yes, they're mad bastards. I'd never seen the like it in my life. He went on from it to, and Murphy, he must have won them up. He's down bursting himself laughing. We found out, I think we're about fifth overall. Uh -huh. I went down to George, of course, none of the boys believe me. Uh -huh. <laughs> no way. So I got through that day, and Frank Macker was in a league of his own. That yeah, day. that's right. Yeah. <laughs> it was unbelievable. Mark Lovell had a few problems in the Sierra, and then. Yeah, and he covered off the road. Mm -hmm. <laughs> well, that was some crown. Yeah, I can imagine it. Uh, but we got we got back that night. It was a long day because I think we got back to the hotel about half ten or eleven. Mm -hmm. It was four, three or four stages in the dark. It was very sad at the end of the day because we met Frank Macker and uh, Dermot Gorman sitting inside of the road, engine blown. Right. And they were leaving by over a minute. Uh, yeah, they were just a class part that way. I think we were two minutes behind them at that point. Right. You know, basically the same engine and stuff, you know. Uh -huh. But Frank, Frank was unbelievably good. In fact, I got into bed, never thought too much about it. Got up the next morning. Third overall, mm -hmm. Michael Barrow was second. Uh, Mark Love was leading. And we're walking down from the hotel, got left into the hotel. You had to go in there and do something, and then we went down to park farming. And Barrow and I can't remember who was sitting on. We're talking the way down, and Barbara said, Why, you boys went quick in the dark last night. I said, oh, I tried. So that's all right, you know, just mm -hmm. didn't say anything about it. And he said to me, and I regret saying it now, but he said to me, How are you going to go today? What do you think of it? And I said, Well, there's only one speed we can go at, and that's flat out. We've been doing it since we came. And I didn't think anything about it without yeah. the first stage. And the first stage, quite a long straight, a couple of corners, and then a 90 right. We come at the 90 right. And who's sitting on the other side of the hedge? Oh, oh. straight through the hedge. And I thought, oh no, I hope oh. I didn't. I apologise not to him after he said it was. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. Just you think, 
did I say something? Maybe you know, the first stage it was a really slippy place. Like, uh-huh. I think if he hadn't been off there, we probably would have been. Yes, mm-hmm. you know, because it was the first real breaking bit on the stage. Mm-hmm. But we got around, we finished that, and we had a bit of crack during the day with Mark Lovell because Ronan Morgan was sitting on. Oh yeah, uh-huh. were, you know, I knew Ronan quite well, and um, Ronan was sort of coming back and saying how we were getting all the couple of minutes behind them. You know, at that mm-hmm. time, just about. And Austin McHale was a fourth or fifth at that time because he'd had problems in the CS. That's right, yeah. And he nearly caught us one stage because George said he saw him calling a fast bit. And then when we got into tight stuff, Sarah would have caught you and then we got away from him again. Okay. But, uh, you know, we're standing, well, I think we're standing three stages ago and Roman says to me, Ian, well, what does Kenny Colbert do? He says he's an arms dealer. He's an arms dealer. Mark. Did you hear that boy you pushed off the road yesterday? He's an arms dealer. He's a what? He get in the car and Ron says, get in the car quick. He's coming on, he's got a jacket in his hand. <laughs> Rubble get in the car, helmet on, lock the doors, put the seats on. It'll be five minutes ago for the stage. <laughs> and we, or Ron, Ron, he wound him up somewhere. Yes. He used to stand and talk a little. How do you go on that stage? Oh, it's good. You didn't push anybody off, did you? <laughs> Yeah, it was a bit. He was a great character too. Like he took it well and enjoyed it. Uh-huh. Yes, it, it seemed to be. Uh, like, you know, everybody had the kind of an opinion. He was a kind of wee bit aloof or something, but he did seem to enjoy the crack too. I think he was a bit nervous in front of the camera that made him that way. Yes. And he at that time Ford were pushing him, and he went through the PR thing there, and the PR probably was John Taylor, which was don't talk to anybody. Right. Yes. You know. So, but Lovell was not. He was a great guy, a real nice fella down to earth. Uh-huh. Enjoyed a joke. Yes, you know, mm-hmm. probably a very underrated driver. In my Absolutely, opinion. yeah. I, I think he was as good as anybody, especially on the tar. You know, on so, the tar, so. you know, especially mm-hmm. when he got that Cosworth on the tar, especially mm-hmm. in wet on the tar, he was unbelievable. Right. Quick. Yes, because mm-hmm. they weren't an easy car to tame either. No, no. Mm-hmm. no, I knew, I knew that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And then you were saying uh, you done was it uh, gravel crew in '89 the RAC rally. Well, it wasn't quite really gravel. Bobby Wallace and I were quite friendly. And Bobby did a lot of service work for different people. So the RAC was the big uh-huh. one for him. Yes. He said to me, I've come across and uh, co drive um, one of the Finnish guys uh-huh. in a sort of a chase vehicle. He says, it says right. you're not doing much, but handy though. So I went across and uh, was outside. I can't remember what it was, but anyway, Ken Reese was the other person there. Mm-hmm. And Terry Harriman was there, we're doing, doing their maps. And then Bobby says, there's, there's the map, there's what you're doing. 80 service points. We were Oscar 1 with a Finnish guy called Hookah, H-U-K-K-A, which was Wolfman. Right. I met this guy, he was about 5 foot 8, and built like a tank. And he had two wafts of hair up the side of his head like that. That's all he had. Right. Like ears, and that's what they called him Wolfman. His English was better than my Finnish. <laughs> but I went, anyway, and he, he was great, you know, yes. he was real good crack, but he was just, it was Michael Sundstrom. Sundstrom was a camel sponsored Mazda 333, more or less a works car. You mm-hmm. had Apple was navigating for him. Mm-hmm. And they did the whole rally blind, didn't, you know, did the notes on the first day, but didn't use them. And he was up to about third or fourth at one time. But we met him at the end of every stage, and then to the start, and then at the end of the start, we did everything. And it was about the second or third day things started to go wrong. Mazda's had a problem at that time of throwing wheels off. Okay. The wheel bearing collapsed, the wheel fell off. Right. 
Me? No idea. Uh-huh. This boy, I could change a full corner in about three seconds. <laughs> he used to arrive, Michael would have been stopped. This thing would be a big Mazda pickup thing, left uh-huh. hand right. A yellow again, camel uh-huh. off the side. Camel <laughs> you couldn't have missed it. Us wearing yellow overalls yeah. again. Uh-huh. And he just, he just, before he stopped, he got out. God, Jan, my pull out handbrake's getting stopped, maybe hitting the wall and things like that. Uh-huh. This is all right. We got through about two days of that. Everyone was going great. And then we got stopped in Yorkshire by the police. And this Bobby, you know, full English Bobby, like the hat, the whole lot of speeding, you speeding. And the hooker says to me, You don't speak, Ian. You say nothing. So, of course, he comes around to my side, left hand drive. Uh-huh. And I just, you know, looked, said nothing, said nothing. Just looked at him. Hooker says, Friend, you want? Your man started going, oh, you're doing so much speed, son, you're now you're on the speed limit. Who owns this vehicle? All this kind of, uh-huh. I don't know, I don't know, I don't know. Because it was Camel sponsored, we had cigarettes everywhere. Like yes. 200 packs of 200 cigarettes, Camel everywhere. And your man smoked about 1,000 of uh-huh. And he said to this policeman, your man was, oh, get out of the car. No, I, I know time. I know, I can't go. I can't go. I can't go. That's all he said. Uh-huh. The policeman was getting thick and he was really on through them. And your man says to him, he gets 400 cigarettes. Uh-huh. For you and your family. There's a policeman. The way he takes them. And I seen the policeman looking. Uh-huh. So he gets, he gets another 400. And your brother. First gear, gone. <laughs> the next thing we know, but we had pulled up a wee side road uh-huh. where we were going to meet Michael yes. and Chicho. Peace way down the road, never saw him again. He's my bride, we had 100 cigarettes. <laughs> but the bit got me was, he says, for your family. We just want to rest your family. For the kids, sir. It's unbelievable. Yes. But, you know, the famous one was there, you know, Michael, Michael Sonson always used to say, every, every time you need to go somewhere, it wasn't, we need to go. He says, let's went. And all the friends used to say. Yes. So, you know, when we were saying, you know, have a cup of tea or something. Let's went, boom, they just go. <laughs> Let's win. We just win. But that was an experience and a half, I tell you. Oh, so I can it. Mm-hmm. You know, it just, they had, they, all they did was follow the rally car. Right. And, oh, road signals, speed limits. No. No. Just you go. need to be there. Uh-huh. We need to be there. They just went. <laughs> they just went. That was fantastic. Yeah. Uh-huh. Some experience. Uh, then, like, um, 88 to 92, was it? Then you sat with Derek McGarty and oh, mostly I've got a Northern Ireland Championship. Well, Northern Championships, I think, I think we finished second in the Northern Championship mm-hmm. two or three times. Yeah. But it was, Derek was very interesting. Derek's another tremendous driver, really good. Mm-hmm. But it was never the same car. I was going to say, probably a different car. Well, yeah, then you, you know, you went the Friday the same, uh, or I'll go on that. Uh-huh. Every time. Yes. And then, it might have been something different on Friday night to go up on Saturday morning or something different. <laughs> it's told that it was trade to him. But that was his business. Yes. Uh-huh. That's what he done. And that's, you know, they always were good cars, to be fair. But that's probably what held Derek back to 5%. Yes. Because it was his car and it was his business, you know. And uh-huh. He's a very talented. He's, he's, he's many ways like George Robinson, always in control. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what you throw at him, he's always in control. Like We, we did it quite a lot. Like, what a few... We won uh, Newry and Mourne one year. It was a, it was a great battle with Kenny McKinstry. Mm-hmm. And we were in a 205 Nissan engine Peugeot. Oh, thing. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh. 
the strongest engine you've ever seen and the worst mm. hand donkey you've ever done. <laughs> that was fantastic. But see when you got the bumps? Right. You seen the bumps just pulling the bolts. But that was good. And then, you know, I remember nearly more than one year. We, we, I think one of the first cars was one of the first four-wheel drive cars. And the, one of the first stages. Long straight over a crest and down into the forest. And then you turned up left. And as you, as you come over the crest, it was all wet. We were car number one on the road. And as you go for us, it was a real tight 90 left. And we could see a, for, a, a photo, photographer in a perfect position. And we both sort of looked at each other. Mm -hmm. You know, read the note, the whole lot. We both sort of looked at each other. Dad put on the brake, coach just slid on and hit the bank. And all we could see was the camera and the photographer and a splash of water. Well, the stage only about four miles long. We never got noted out the rest of it. We laughed that much. Yes. <laughs> I don't know who, which photographer it was. <laughs> He's probably still cursing you somewhere yet. <laughs> Well, Derek was good because we'd done a lot of rallies together. Uh -huh. It was good. It was good fun, you know. Yeah, I could think. I suppose at that stage, I, he was like at, at that position. He was kind of there, thereabouts with with one of oh, the rallies was in the championship. Top so, two or three, like. Yeah, no. I think in '91 was one I remember was uh, I'd opened Cart Valley that time. I was, I was very busy, and uh, we're doing. I broke my pen, burst my panics the day Cart Valley opened, fourth right. of September, 1991. Uh -huh. I was wheeled in the hospital. Broke burst appendix, got the operation, was out on Sunday. The rally was the next week, and I arrived down with about two months to go. The car was on the ramp. I think we were number two. I got up into the ramp, one scrutinizer says, I seen your helmet, that's all right, in you get. Away we went. And it was WIA5957, Manta, I think it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. In Marlborough colours. Uh -huh. And over there, there's one of the stages, oh, I can't remember what one of the stages was, big jumps. I think we're second or third overall. We go these big jumps, and I was wearing the Apple overalls because they were free. <laughs> and they were sort of red bottoms and then uh, shiny white, you know. You get down the stage and down the he says, You're leaking. This is leaking what? He says, You're bleeding. I looked over, I'd burst. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so we put tank tape over it. <laughs> and we finished the rally, and I said, I'd run up with a prize given. So I went and back up into back up into Belfast and went to the meter that night. And I hadn't been in the meter, I'd been in the White Abbey. Yeah. So in the meter and told them. The boy says to me, Do you have your appendix right recently? I said, Aye, that's what that was. I think the stitches weren't very good. Uh -huh. And I says, That's what I put them in for you. And then he started to go on the story about he liked rallying and, and that suit you're wearing, it's nice, you know. Uh -huh. <laughs> sorry. And he just laughed, but he gave me some nip the stitches. <laughs> <laughs> It wasn't, it wasn't anything bad, it just was a bit of blood, you know, coming out of the thing. Yes. <laughs> well, I think it was Paul Travers gave me about a tank tape to put over. <laughs> 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 it was good. Yes. Mm -hmm. No pain, that time it was all done, you know. So. <laughs> no pain, no game. No. <laughs> uh, it was definitely fun. <laughs> yeah. But at that time, it was still very good fun. Yes. You know, when we, although we took it very serious, and anybody I sat with took it very serious, at the same time, they knew the limit. Yeah. You know, we could only afford this much. How many tires could you put on? That was it. That, that was really what you had. And, you know, I remember Jimmy Mills coming out with stage one day and, oh, the car's this and the car's that. I said, Jimmy, this is the best we have today. And he just laughed and he says, you're so right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then, 94, uh, the opportunity to come up to set with Robbie Head in Australia and uh, a Honda. Ah. <laughs> I would <mean> Honda. <laughs> yeah. But Robbie and I, 
knew each other quite well. Mm -hmm. and Campbell was sort of retiring, didn't know what to do. And Robbie got this deal in Australia, and I had I was in card by the time, so I had done gravel notes for Robbie, I think, in '92 on the Ulster where he finished fourth or fifth or something. <laughs> and we pushed him over the ramp because it was in the Sierra, the gearbox kept breaking on. Oh, really? And then he says to me, Look, go to Australia. And I said, nah, I've been out for a little, you'll be dead off. So what? Away we went to Australia, excuse me, and uh, flew into Perth. And Robbie was there. He'd been there about a week before. Mm -hmm. He'd been to Taiwan, Taiwan then, flew from Taiwan then. And he said to me that night, he says, I don't know what this is going to be like. He says, because they gave me a car to drive to test over there. And I says, what was it like? He says, the engine was brilliant. The rest of the car was a disaster. So we got up and we started the recce, which was a bit of a session itself, because the new recce car it hadn't appeared. Right. So we hired a car to the recce, did bits and pieces of the recce, and the first day in the recce, we were both bit jet lagged. <laughs> and we met Colin and Derek, and they were saying, oh, you need to be here a week before it. You need to be here a week before it. Well, you weren't there a week before it. <laughs> Tried on the recce, got as much of the recce as we could done, changed to a left-hand drive recce car halfway through it. That was okay. And um, then we saw the rally car. And sure enough, we took it up the road. It must have had 250 horsepower, this thing. Right. And a Honda Civic. It was a rate of 10,000 revs. But the Taiwanese team, the coordinator was an Australian guy. And I don't think he knew much about cars, but he knew a fair bit about coordinating. He'd done rally Australia. He was great help. Um, but the Taiwanese team didn't speak much English. Um, well, none. <laughs> you know, we saw how relay through him with lots of problems. You know, the first stage, Langley Park, all excited about Langley Park. And I think Colin said to him, you watch the first corner in Langley Park, it's dangerous. Mm -hmm. Robbie, I had the dead on dinner. First corner, one, two, three, four, straight up the bank. Bumper <laughs> off. Two laps, and got out of Langley Park, and he's, oh, this is like this, this, this. No, it's all right. I, I never listened to my No, it's all right. First stage wasn't listening. And he had a very, a very, Strong note system. Every single thing was in it. And he even said himself afterwards, too many notes. You know, he had one to nine. And you've been coming at, you know, a chicane type of thing, but it wasn't a chicane. You had seven notes to read for it. Right. I used to say, well, how do you get that in your head? I don't. I just know what's coming. So, you know, and Campbell told me about it. I worked all right. That was dead on. Then the first stage we got in the gravel. That was okay. Happy enough for this. Second stage, we land over a jump and the two front struts broke. We got the whole thing gathered up, and then two back struts broke. So come out of the stage, first stage, on her belly. <laughs> so I changed four struts. Second run round, same thing happened again. And we couldn't understand. I guess it's, you know, this doesn't... Australia's not very rough. Rough. Uh -huh. It's not, you know, it's not too rough. And this kept happening, kept happening. We're losing the acres of time. And then Robbie got on to the boys in England um, who'd done his Civic and they said they're doing this and doing this. Change springs and things that got us sorted, but we're way, way back. And then on the second day, we got a couple of good runs over. We, we worked hard on one stage, which was a 40 kilometer stage around a lake. Now, when I say a lake, it's probably the lake the size of Belfast, you know? <laughs> and we actually set quite a group A time run. Right. And then the, uh, the manifold fell off. And then the struts kept breaking again. And then we were watching them in service. And, you know, sometimes you didn't get out of the car because you were servicing on the side of the road and everything. When you got to main service, you were watching these boys. And they were filling the car, the back of the car with fuel. Everyone was smoking. 
we were singing. You know, we got to the point, get out of the car, must you need uh, 40 litres rum? <laughs> <laughs> but we got finished anyway, and we won our class. I don't know how we don't, because the power <laughs> shouldn't have lasted, you know? Yes. And then Robbie, Robbie had found out then he more or less got the rental drive the next year. Uh-huh. We'd been talked to, and he, you know, he was really happy with that. And um, who did he get? Terry Hyman was going. Right. And so that was that was great. But it, it was an experience like Australia yes. was just. Uh-huh. The funny thing about Perth was, and you know, it's time to look around, Perth was most probably a gorgeous, clean city in the world, but there's nobody in it. Right. Underpopulated, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh. Chinese quarter where you could eat, the Italian quarter, everything you wanted there, beautiful sunshine. Mm-hmm. Nobody there. Right. Went to the bank one day, and then mm-hmm. bank, the money changed. Stopped outside it, walked in. Right. No cars. Uh-huh. Just no atmosphere at all. In the and on the stages, you know, you'd have seen all the, the trees had been burnt. Mm-hmm. And there's one stage, Mumring, uh, or it was near Bunnings, I think it was one of the Bunnings stages, they told us if you stopped on it, put this needle that they give us in your leg, because you'd probably get bitten by a, a, a snake. We used to, Robbie said, I said, now if you go off, don't, don't even think about it. Uh-huh. You're off a slow note. Don't yes. even think about it. Oh, uh-huh. don't worry, I'm not going off, I'm not going off. <laughs> <laughs> then we yeah. told us afterwards, he'd been off and it was all right. <laughs> and he won that rally that year. Oh, yeah. He His must have had some party then. <laughs> well, him and Cagnan, they had some party. But yeah. before we're coming up the motorway, all the stages were maybe 100 k's, 150 k's from birth. Right. We're coming up at one night at 8 o'clock at night, we're wrecked. And the next time we're sitting about 80 miles an hour in this Honda Civic, and we feel this bang from behind and then up the side. Uh-huh. The Subaru and Pretzel and McCray, he was trying to push us off the road and spin us. <laughs> you know, and then Robbie knew it was happening, so he started back, the two of them fought the whole way home. <laughs> Both cars all damaged up the side. And I said to Colin, what are you going to tell the DR? I just said, DR, I parked it somewhere and somebody drove into it. And he did. And every time you see it, it was not, he drove up behind people and just pushed them off. Oh, it was funny. Yes. <laughs> but that was, like Robbie and Colin, big friends, and they'd done that for years to each other. Yeah, yeah. This, was, no, this was nothing new. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. Ah, don't, don't get involved, don't get involved. Just that, that's Stay it. Stay <laughs> You know, it's just something in my mind here. Oh, no. So, Robin, no, it's not, it's just Colin. <laughs> Then he, 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 he won it, and they brought the car into this big hotel place. And Colin had a few drinks on him and said, get in the car. Uh-huh. He got in the car, and he lit the car up and did donuts over a dance floor. <laughs> the smoke was everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> we were all sitting, nobody could see anything, just, just right wiping your eyes. Uh-huh. He stopped the car and got out and waved, and all, all the carry on, and the place yeah. went ballistic as mad. And he looked at the floor, and the floor was wrecked. But that was just calm. Yeah. <laughs> and nobody else could get away with the calm. No, he could get away with it either because anybody else just would have done it. Just smiling and went Everyone was okay. <laughs> Everyone was okay. Yeah. He was great, fellow. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, um, oh, sorry, we mentioned earlier on there about Brian Patterson, um, who recently just passed away. Like, yeah. you've mentioned him a few times along the way. There must have been a great friendship there between the two of us as well. Fuck it was. Brian and I, from when I started rallying, I knew Brian Patterson. He only lived up around the corner, lived a mile away, a mile and a half from me. Uh-huh. And I knew him and knew Davy and Chris and Michael. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And Jody, so not, not not as much Jody. Jody wasn't at that time. Jody wasn't as much keen on the rally. But uh, Brian used to spend hours with Brian. Brian, I think done eighty-seven when we done the notes. I went with him on the circuit, made notes for him, uh-huh. and we spent a couple of days together. But we always Brian was just Brian. Brian was just a gentleman, and the knowledge that man had, yes. the stories he could tell, uh-huh. and he was always just right. You know, he was just calm and. Uh-huh. And way he wrote, and yeah, he was, it's a massive loss to sport. And yeah, I don't think people underestimate what he done for the sport. No, yeah, it was he started in '86, '85, and did those notes. It was Terry and him. Mm-hmm. Terry was doing World Championship that time, so Terry sort of set it up for him and helped him. Mm-hmm. But Brian spent months practicing, mm-hmm. and I used his notes religiously for a long, long time. You know. George and I won second in Galway, Brian's notes. Yes. Dickie and I, 86, Brian's notes. Mm-hmm. All through 85, Brian's notes. Mm-hmm. And never once could you say something wrong in notes, Brian. Yeah. You know, and the way he wrote, you know, it was, you know, I think as other people said, you'd arrived when you got your name in Brian Carson's Uh uh-huh. Yes. Uh-huh. It was that or Sammy Hamill's Iron Saturday Night. You didn't <laughs> mention that there, you had arrived. You were the man. <laughs> you know, yes. you've done it. You've been there. Uh-huh. And the way even then when I started in downtown, the first person I spoke to when they asked me to do it was Brian. Right. Yes. You'll be fine. You'll be fine. It's just, it's just, when I spoke to him, I met him at the beginning of the year in Tesco's car park and had a yarn. Uh-huh. Didn't even know he was sick. Right. Yes. And the city didn't tell anybody about it, so he was just his own way. And he just was the same, shirt and tie, <laughs> smiling, carrying on, joking. I think we're both in the chemist or something, we're both laughing about getting paracetamol or something. Right, yes. And he might have been in to get medication, you never know. Uh, you never know. Uh-huh. Yes. But uh, a lo- but lovely man. <laughs> and the family, like, I, do, I think I did in Go- 1990, was it? I did uh, Donny George. And uh, Chris was doing it with Jimmy McRae. That's right, yes. Uh-huh. Chris and I came down, Chris came down to me in my house and we sat in my, front, my mother's front room and we did the uh, service schedule. Mm-hmm. And every time Chris was leaving, we were out. Uh-huh. And that was Chris. But I always knew Chris. Chris was determined to get where he wanted. Yes. He, uh, he's he's not a wee bit of talent. He was a very, yeah. very talented fella. Mm-hmm. And he did it. And fair yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he got to the top, didn't he? Yep. Uh, you know, that must have given Brian and Liz such pride then to see their oh, son. Uh, you know, I don't think Brian would have said sometimes, but he wouldn't have said too much about it. It's very humble. Uh-huh. And I knew Michael. Well, I knew Michael. You know, before he started, then he went to live in England. He came back. Uh-huh. Michael's just just a small Brian, you know. Uh-huh. Very nice fella. Very good fella. Very straight. Uh-huh. Just the whole family. And Davy, Davy worked for me when I had Card Valley. Right. Yeah, Davy's just. Davey's a, Davey's a great driver, you know, but an absolute zipper. <laughs> he does those things with them Ironman things, you know, oh, 25 yes. days and motorbikes and all this. Oh, but he's as fit as a fiddle. Like and Davey always loved that kind of stuff. Yes, and to that kind of... Yeah. It was just a shock when I heard of it because I didn't know. No, no, and I think everybody was the same, weren't they? It was, a, it was a, just a yeah. real sense of, like, how did that was, happen? Really? I haven't seen anything since, you know. Uh-huh. There's not a one went the ground, which is everybody takes it their own way, you know. Yeah, and with the whole pandemic thing, I suppose people are yeah, not going about the same. Nobody, you know, just what do you do? Yes. You know, I sat in my car and I haven't heard a thing, so I don't know. Uh-huh. 
Uh, there's no funeral to go to or whatever as such, no. you know, you can't go and pay your respects as normal, and, you know. So. No. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we'll just go back then to your, you know, the, your career then as well. Uh, was it 98 um, with Drew Wiley, the historic RAC rally? That's another story. Yeah. <laughs> uh, 98, Drew, I know Drew, Drew a long time, mm -hmm. always promised to rally, but because I was doing downtown, we could never do one mm -hmm. at that time. And uh, he said we'd do the RAC. And he said, ah, yes, historically, but it's okay, it's dead on. So he flew over, I flew over after him, went to Nottingham, and I got there on the Saturday. I think things started on the Sunday morning, signed on to the whole lot. We're on car number one. Oh, that's good. Car number one. So I went up, checked everything, got maps, sorted out, told the boys where we're going. Drew, Drew, leave it. If you're all right, just, just relax, calm down. No, Drew, I want to see where they're starting from. Mm -hmm. They're starting from upstairs. See where the cars are all parked on top of this car park? That's mm -hmm. where they're starting. That's where we'll be at seven o'clock in the morning. Okay, so I went and seen the rally house. Nobody would be seen. Didn't see. So I thought, that's okay. Seven o'clock in the morning, we get up, have our breakfast. Drew, we'll be all right, yeah, be all right, yeah. 20 past seven, we went up. First off the ramp at 801. Mm -hmm. And uh, only thing sitting in the car park was the um, Down this eight-story car park, out on the road, pulled back out, way down the road about 20 miles, and we got, seen all the crews, every crew was parked up, uh -huh. on the ramp. We just up the outside of them, straight on the ramp, car number one, the boy was talking about us, I had a name card, you know what we were due off us? Yes. Zero, zero, 49. There you go. Yes. Thank you very much. Out in the corner, stopped out, got got the coats off, got the belts off. Now you know, Drew. See when I told you that last night, I wasn't just sure. <laughs> I thought you'd check. I said I did, but there was nobody there. Uh, them boys weren't on the drink, you see. See, it's a party and a start, that's what they did, you know? Yes. But it was great. We we did all the stages and we won it, but we didn't know what won it afterwards. Uh -huh. I'm just thinking the 89, or sorry, the 98. It wasn't RM. No, that's what it is. <laughs> it wasn't just a tour Tommy Macklin's wheel up then, no. <laughs> just want to make that clear. That. <laughs> you heard about that afterwards, you know, and there was yes. a lot of, you know, and the boy that done it, he was broken hard because Aye. apparently what had happened, the engine had blew up, but was still going. Right. So he thought he'd get out of the stage. Yes. And he had just covered the stage in oil. Mm -hmm. And it just blown up where Tommy went off, so the most of the oil was there. <laughs> and because they wanted to keep the rally on time, when the last guy of strikes went, there wasn't an awful amount of time to clear up. So it just threw down concrete dust and stuff. Ah, yes. And that was cold, so that did no good, you know. So. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was, that was a nice win. It was a nice win. Definitely, yeah. It was, it was superb. Well, back the next year. Uh-huh. MGB. Uh-huh. Right. Number one again. Okay. Got off the ground, okay, this time. Uh -huh. Into the first stage. And it was sheet ice. Right. And MGB and sheet ice on forest tires. Mm -hmm. I think we got four corners and then we went off in the straight. <laughs> we just, by the time we got out, we're OTL. We thought, we went around and finished the rally. Yes. And they actually closed the end, we're second overall. Right. Which we couldn't have been, it was impossible. Uh -huh. And then they added up and up, we weren't. Yeah. Like we're OTL. <laughs> yeah. You know, start number one, and the, the road was just like white ice. Yes. You know, this thing, 
first, second, third, fourth gear, 20 mile an hour, spin the 80 mile an hour, go nowhere and just straight off the road. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I got out of the car to go back and stop the cars, and I think I went down on my backside for about 20 yards before I got up again. <laughs> <laughs> so was that you and the co driving finished then at that stage? Then? More or less. Uh-huh. More, uh, because I was busy, you know, and I've been doing the downtown stuff since about 92. Uh-huh. So I, I, I hadn't actually done much co-driving before that, though. I think it was Robbie yeah. and then... Uh-huh. Uh, I was so busy with work, I just didn't have time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So downtown was taking most of my time, or downtown cool was taking most of my time. For, uh-huh. you know, yeah, <laughs> it was good to stay at it. Yes. And, and was, that, was, was it a hundred knowing the drivers and the co-drivers? Was it hard to say if they weren't having a good day or kind of thing, or was it good that you had the kind of inside information as well? It was different because when I started it, I don't think anybody knew. I didn't even know until I was at the end of the stage one and Donegal in 92. Mm-hmm. And you know, and on the bus, what are you doing here? And Brian was on one side of the car and I was the other. So what we did was, because it was 30 seconds, we always did it from then on. If I was there and he was there, one of us get a story, one of us get the times. Okay. But the car's come that quick. Yeah. So we've done that. But most of them, over the years, they were they were dead on. They were, you know, this things. You know, the favorite one was before you, I'd have been standing on the book, you know, not showing the times, and I said, you know, ah, I've lost a lot of time in there, spun. Did you? What time did such and such do? Uh, he was just two seconds quicker than you, and you spun. I was only a small spin. It wasn't because they knew I would have known. You know, spent, you just don't get away with that. No, yes. No, they, they, they were all, they were, they were very good to be truthful. They were very, very helpful, like Birdie and Austin, and all them boys were. Uh-huh. Austin was a bit standoffish for a while. But then, you know, I knew all the co-drivers, which was the benefit. Yes. And they would have told you things. But, the, you know, I respected them. If they had said, here's what happened, but you don't say it. Yes. I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and they knew that. Bye. Where I think I wasn't a journalist. Other journalists were just... I loved it out then. Yeah, it was a story. It was a story for me. Uh-huh. I was only I wanted to get a story for every hour because that's what I was getting there to do. You know. Uh-huh. Yes. And I, to be truthful, at the start, I had no idea. Uh-huh. I was told the asked on Wednesday to go and do it, um, and I was in Donegal on the Friday afternoon. Right. And the first one was at three o'clock. Uh-huh. And Ken Johnson, he was the head of news and sport, and I'd met him on the Wednesday for the first time, and he said. We need to do a voicer for three o'clock. And I said, What's a voicer? That's how much I knew. That was a voice. <laughs> so he told me through it. He says, Phone on about 20 past two, you'll be fine. <laughs> so I got this times and everything. I was sitting in the car, it was a warm day, and the sweat was coming down both sides. You could hardly hold the phone. It was one of them phones about the size of the car, you know, one of them ones. Yes. <laughs> you had to keep it plugged in. You couldn't turn the car off and kiss the car, you know. Yes. And eventually got through, and I think I got the first voice finished at a three minutes to three. <laughs> 20 times doing it. Yes. <laughs> was uh-huh. And fair play to Ken. He talked, he talked me through that whole weekend, and the rest of the girls and the fellas in the, in the, in the newsroom. Uh-huh. Yeah, I remember this was the time in the middle of the troubles as well. Yes. Uh-huh. Somebody did come along wasting their time. Was not no. Yeah. They were very good, you know, and they helped me through it a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. I did that one that year, and then I did the Ulster that year. Mm-hmm. They didn't do because they were only doing it, they only did it when they got sponsorship. Yeah, we got, 
throughout the nineties, it got more and more popular. Mm -hmm. And you know, they were starting, you know, the Saturday Donegal and things like that, and the Northern Ireland Championship because they wanted to do it locally. Mm -hmm. I think the first time I went to Donegal, everybody said Charlie Collins, you know, complained on the Highland Radio, which was absolute rubbish because Charlie was a, a real good help. Yeah. Charlie and James were absolutely fantastic. Brilliant. But we played at each other. You know, don't be saying together, boys, because we're two different radio stations at that time. You know, people radio stations oh. shouldn't talk. Uh -huh. But we you know, it was never like that at all. Mm -hmm. And I, I was back in Donegal for a couple of years after that, but it wasn't for that reason. I don't mm -hmm. know. But then we done Northern Ireland Championship rounds, and we always did the circuits. But the circuit was always the big one, no matter what it was. And mm -hmm. I think that's when Rally and started to go backwards in Ireland. Because the circuit of Ireland was a name that everybody in the country knew. Yes, whether you followed Rally or not, it was a household name. Rally, you know, Easter, circuit of Ireland, as mm -hmm. a common past this time. Ah. Because, and that, you know, once it started to get back, I, I felt it probably lost its way a bit then. Mm -hmm. well, it was the evolution of the sport really, it wasn't, Yeah, you know, but no, was, we did Northern Ireland Championship and then we were getting the sponsors galore, so it was good and it was looking at the championship. It was really, it was good fun, it was hard work to be truthful because the deal was, uh, I could do whatever I want as long as I was in on the air every hour. Okay. So their strategy throughout the 80s and 90s was news on the air every hour. Yeah. Yes. And they, mm -hmm. boom, boom. Yeah. And to be fair to them, that, that's what made them, that made the company the way it is. Uh-huh. Yeah, because there's no point of you ringing in at 20 past three with the report no. that should have been there at 10 to 3 or whatever, yeah. So, mm -hmm. If you missed it, it was gone. Uh-huh. That was it. That was, I, and you got like, if you're out in the wilds uh, for man or whatever, you had to find somewhere with a oh, signal and... I knew every phone box in the country. <laughs> every single... And they all stuck a pee. Right. <laughs> all right. <laughs> <laughs> You got to know them, you know, and he, yes. you know, people said, oh, you must have sat down and planned that. Uh -huh. You planned to go to downtown in the morning or the night before the event, yeah. get the vehicle, get your maps, uh -huh. and it was usually a rally pack, and go to the first stage, because you, you couldn't plan on after that. No. Uh -huh. What happened there? Did the rally run? Yes, it's run, fine, boom, go to the second stage, go to the third stage. Can I get two stages in? No, go uh -huh. to the service, boom. Yes. You just had to go to the rally. Uh. And it was, you know, the circuits, even on some of the long, longer ones, it was a long job, but you know, I remember one still one. I can't remember, I remember chemistry or something. And it was run through the Monday night, the Sunday night. And I phoned out at one o'clock, and Ken Johnson was there. What he was doing there at that time, I'm going, I'm about to investment live here, and we'll talk to him. Seven minutes, right? One o'clock in the morning. Uh -huh. You know, and I was, I had never done live radio really. Yes, that was okay well, doing the wee voices either. It was, yeah. The voices you done, and you know, they could they could fix it up. Mm -hmm. I remember doing that. The first one before I done that, I'd done in the Ulster Alley with Roland Kelly. And Roland for me, do a bit for me. I okay, I'll do it for you. And he played this record on board my thing, and, and he's coming in next all the way from the Ulster Alley, and he's playing this up in the car and said, And I could I could see these sods of grass getting thrown. So McKinstry's boys had seen it and they were listening. <laughs> and they start sodding the car. I was sitting outside service. <laughs> I think I got the whole way through it. <laughs> I had a for that. Ronan says, that sounded great, you did. <laughs> but he, he was in the one. I went and see him afterwards, one time before. Asked him, what's he doing? They never told me in downtown whether I was doing it right, wrong, or indifferent. Yes. And I've said, people said it's great, but you know, people would say that. They wouldn't. 
you know. They're not going to say your face. And he sort of sort of me out, and he was a great help, you know, putting it right. Mm-hmm. But then you just used that blueprint from there on, and that's just the way it went until about right. it was about 2012. It sort of dried up a bit. Right. Twitter came on the scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, rally results came on the scene a lot better, and you know, sponsors didn't want to know. Right. Actually, it really went changed about 2005 and 2006 because the company was bought over. Right. It was bought by EMAP, who then went bust, and Bar bought it. Bar, massive media group. They bought it, and when they came in, they just wanted to make as much money as they could out of what was there, but anything that was costing money, like talk shows, voices, things like that, boom, news. The news was decimated. You know, the sport, there's no sports person there. Right. Uh Remember, I did 2009 Rally Ireland. Uh-huh. And one of the girls at a Red Bull was phoned me up and says, Ian, you want to speak to Sebastian Loeb if you can put him on your show? And I said, well, I'm not doing the show now, it's been canned, but I'll see what I can do for you. And I went and seen AMD, and uh, I don't think he was a rally man, I don't think he was a sportsman. Uh-huh. He said, me, Sebastian Loeb, I says, he's won the World Championship seven or eight times at that time. Do you think anybody been interested? I don't. And I just thought, yeah. there you go. That's, you know. And I That's... wouldn't have done the interview. Uh-huh. Something like that for him. No, uh-huh. and then that was gone time. Yeah, because I'd done the motor show with Richard Young for so long. Yeah, then I did two years at myself, mm-hmm. and I probably made it more to rallying. Yeah, I uh, I took the way the kind of the, the, the road test was nearly like a. I did a road. You always had a road test. Yes, uh-huh. I had a lot of people on. You know, I used to have Malcolm Wilson was a guest on all the time, which was great. Uh-huh. And you know, lots of rally drivers and things like. That. And that was great, and it was, it was very successful, but when they came in, yeah. how successful it was didn't make any difference. Mm-hmm. It was too expensive. Right, it's costing them money, and that need no good to them. No, it was costing them a pound, it was too much. Right. And you see that now, commercial radio stations, Highland went the same in many ways, although they've kept Donny Gall, and they're very good at that. Yeah. You know, if it's costing money, and they're not getting paid for it. Okay, it yeah. That, that's, I think that's Rallyan's biggest problem. Uh-huh. You know, the, the guy that's in charge, or was in charge, I don't know why he still is now, of news and sport, all he said to me was, look, I like Irish League football. Mm-hmm. When they do this, I like Irish League football. Mm-hmm. And that's more or less what they do. Bye. I, I suppose they can send one man, it doesn't have to travel anywhere, he's there. Yeah, pay for it. Yeah, I, uh, Irish League pays for it. Yes. Mm-hmm. I, I, they're paid to be there, yeah, true enough. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is a pity, but that's just the way it went. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned Richard Young there as well, too. Like yourself and Richard had a great camaraderie there in that that show on the Friday yeah. evening. You know, it was, it was. You spent more time laughing at the pair of yous, I think, than you oh, listening to stories. Well, know. it used to be. We used to just do it. No notes, no uh, script, no nothing. How long have we got, Richard? Uh, how long have I put this? It's at the very start when I started it. We used to do it with the tapes, mm-hmm. and they called them cards things. And these tapes, once you once you record them, you couldn't edit it unless right. you started again. Okay. So we really gone a bit, and then messed it up and done a bit more and done a bit more. We never done anything live because Richard didn't like live, and I I didn't like live either to be truthful. And then we went computerized, which was far better because you could add bits and do bits and that. So we will do bits, but I used to be called in and yeah, four minutes. Just talk about the World Championship. Just talk about that. And then it was every every week, you know, and what do you think of this? Who's going to win this? I think I got it right once in about 10 years. 
And it was Harry Roven Pearl when he won the Swedish in 2001. Right, yes. And it was that funny. I think it was about to start to get letters and postcards and everybody saying, he's got it right, he's got it right, he's never got it right in 10 years, he's got it right. And he played a fanfare and all for me that night. I never got one right after it. No, it was a fluke. It went off. I wish you'd put money on that one. I don't even know why I come on, but the whole idea of the thing was not to get it right. Yes, it was more fun really to not get it right. You had to come out with something left. Because then you could have to stick with people afterwards. You know, if you just said every oh yes, Colin McRae's going to win that. Yeah. It was boring. So it was just uh-huh. a bit of fun, you know. Uh-huh. And Richard, he liked the racing so much. But he loved rallying too. Like uh-huh. he really did. just didn't know much as much about it. Yes. But he's a natural. See, no matter what state or what Richard's done, see when he opens the mic. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Right. Just a consummate professional then too. Yeah. yeah. Boom. And he, years and years of doing it. And then when he left, he left to go to U105 to team up with Ivan Martin again. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, when U105 started. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember the day he left? He told me, it was, you know, things were happening. It was good. And Richard didn't say much, you know. And he told me, he says, I've just been on to see David Sloan. He was the managing director. Mm-hmm. Sloan, absolute gentleman, real nice man, uh-huh. and knew how things worked, you know, was really good with the rallying and loved it. Mm-hmm. Stone was that good with the rallying. I remember in 1998, Good Friday Agreement, same weekend as the Circuit of Ireland. Oh, uh, yeah. I was out doing the Circuit of Ireland, one of the girls phoned me through and said, Ian, we're going to have to drop this because Good Friday Agreement has just come through with your piece. Uh-huh. Uh, Ken's, no, Harry Castle, just you carry on what you're doing, but don't phone in. Uh-huh. That's all right. This is about three o'clock in the afternoon. So I couldn't stop because you just had to carry on because the story was uh, easy. Yes. Uh, about eight o'clock, the phone rang. And it was Karen English. She says, Ian, uh, David Sloan's been on the phone. We need to knock this good frame agreement on the head because he thinks it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'll never laugh anyway. And he wants to rally him back on. I'll watch all the rest of the weekend. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> you know, sometimes you look back and you think, hey, maybe it was right. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't so far away. Richard was great. Uh-huh. Good to bounce off. You know, we both got on very well. It was good. Uh-huh. I suppose it's kind of the rally racing thing. There was kind of, you know, kept you, kept you sort of a wee bit of bumper there. And all me, you know, racing, that's like around circles, not you get bored. Right. I used to say, that's just like spinning the whole time. You're following that. <laughs> ah, you don't know, you don't know, you know. <laughs> and yes, yes, well, up until a few years ago, you still kept that kind of thing going there in Lurgan Park. You were a big part of that there for a few years. Ah, Lurgan Park. That started, I don't know, I think Plum Foreman asked me to do that. I thought it was a joke. Uh-huh. And uh, I went and done it. I did it myself one year. It was, I thought it was rough now, but they uh-huh. thought it was okay. And then John Fife did it with me and somebody else did it with uh-huh. me. And then we talked about it. I said, Richard. And I said, oh, does he know? And then when Richard came, we just clicked. Uh-huh. And it's, it was easy because we worked together so much. Uh-huh. You know, we just did it, and it was it was it was good fun. It was, and there's a lot of banter. You always hear the, you know, like it might not always been a bit rallying, but the banter no, was just. Never, uh, never, uh, you know, if we seen someone in the crowd around, you know. Yes. Mm-hmm. We used to they used to send us up people to interview with no clue, you know, MLAs and who are they? No idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you you get that one. Somebody will come give us an apple. I took two, so I like, I'm, I'm eating an apple. You more boy. <laughs> 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 but that was part of it. And Lorna Park was great. You know, yes. it really was. Uh-huh. 
And that, it really brought rally into the people, didn't it? You know, it was, and it was the ideal place, and the boys, uh, Willie Fortin and those boys did a yeah. fantastic job. Mm -hmm. And they were hounded nearly out of the place because, you know, health and safety got bad and worse yeah. and worse and worse. And, like, it was a safe place. It was, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, but inevitably accidents will happen. Mm -hmm. yeah. And then they just decided they, they couldn't afford to do it. No, the probably the insurance never announced then was just getting ridiculous and all them too. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, in the 90s, you used to have everybody coming. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think Patrick Snyers, Ari Vatten, Snyers, uh, Michael Sundstrom, Tony Pond, yeah. you know, all them guys. Richard Roberts, Michael Sundstrom, he keeps reminding right. me of that. Yes. You <laughs> never won Lurgan Park, you finished second in it. <laughs> what would you know about it? <laughs> yeah, I think that must have been something else. They part of that works for Joe team, wasn't it? You know? It was unbelievable. It's just the thing took off the line and he says he doesn't, he didn't see a thing until it got to the finish. First stage. Just holding on tight. He, he didn't. He didn't. He says, you know, he says, I didn't visualize on just woof. Uh -huh. Yeah, and he would be used to speaking though with the, the oh, racing like and he, all that. Yeah, he'll champion on a little yeah. fast car. You know, yes. uh -huh. we used to have great crack. I remember in downtown, one of the, the funniest ones I had was, um, I was doing a motor show myself. It was the time Rally Ireland was on, the first Rally Ireland, and I got a phone call one day, and this very well-spoken gentleman said to me. Oh, we love your show. Uh, the Secretary of State, Mr. Peter Hyme, would love to come on your show. Uh -huh. I mean, God, this is good, boys. Uh -huh. Not good enough. I'm too smart here. <laughs> we talked all night. I, right now. I tell him to come down, and by the way, will he ever F off? I said. <laughs> I'd been down the phone. I thought nothing more of it. I'm walking about a big office. I had in Belfast at the time. Was on. And the phone, the mobile phone rang. Downtown. What do they want? Harry Castles. Did you just tell Peter Hayne to fuck off? <laughs> no. Was that Peter? Yes. <laughs> oh dear. Ooh. So, fancy. Mm -hmm. We got the first meeting with him and I met him. He was doing, remember he was doing double with Billy Coleman. That's right, yeah, in the Subaru, yeah. Uh -huh. I met him in St. Angelo Airfield. Uh -huh. So, about 10 months before, I'm sitting and I get that with a wee microphone thing out, get everything set up, you know. <laughs> He used to come in, there's two black cars behind him the whole lot. I said, I'd think to myself, where's he getting there? What do you call this man? What, what, you know, how do you dress? How do you dress? Do you call him Peter? Do you call him Sir no. or what? Yeah, you know, Mr. Hi, <laughs> Castle. Hi, Castle. I said, hi, hi. He said, well, well it's seven o'clock in the morning, I'm sleeping there. Right, what do you call Peter Hayen? <laughs> What's I say? Wanker and puts down the phone. <laughs> Hell is losing sport. Then he phones back and he said, No, no, I'm only joking. Minister. <laughs> so he gets into the car, nice to meet you and know, all this, and he's in the racing suit and he's pretty well tanned. Yeah. You know, Didn't get that poor rush. He must have been. And he's wearing a white racing suit and I could see bits of black, you know, in the corner with a tan, fake tans off. You know? Oh, uh. like, oh dear. And the two back doors of the, the people car and these two big boys get in, you know, two bodyguards. Yes. The next thing was they showed on a microphone. I thought, what the hell's going on here? And I'm chatting with your man, shaking hands, doing all you have to do. And say, how long do you want? You know, how long have you got? Here? Oh, I've got 10 minutes, good 10 minutes. I think oh, that's all I need. And just as I start out the first question, he says, hold on a second, Ian. And he gets the vanity mirror, pulls it down in front of him, and combs his hair. For radio. And that was me. I was good. 
I got 10 minutes and I don't know to this day what I asked him. <laughs> I remember hearing it back at the station. Yeah. And I was able to get seven minutes out of it. Yeah. But one thing led to another, and I got on very well with him. Mm-hmm. And he used to call me up to Hillsborough. And he loved it. You know, the boys always said to me, look, he loves the media. You know, mm-hmm. especially when he's not talking about it. But he was, he was very well informed about it. Yeah, it did take her all into the heart at that time, didn't they? Yeah, he loved it, and he pushed for Ali Ireland. He really did, you know, the, the drivers were there. And I, you know, I spoke to him recently there uh, by email, and he still just asked how we were. And you know, he's, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. maybe it's politics. I don't, I don't, don't mind, I don't know about politics, but he, uh-huh. he's a nice man. You know, and yes, he, he used to say, you know, Hillsborough. What are you doing, Hillsborough? That's where I played football with the the, the grandson. And that's the uh-huh. room. And we had these meetings in Hillsborough, and I. <laughs> One day I was in before Ali Ireland, they give me, just get a mug of coffee. They give me a mug of coffee, and at this big coffee table, like a beautiful thing, about 400 years old, and the shine of it. And I'm putting the, the batteries in this thing, getting it ready for them. And I says, put the coffee down, I put the coffee down. And when I left the coffee, there's a ring. Oh. Says, I wouldn't worry one shine about it, he says. French polish them in the morning, you wouldn't know. <laughs> He's all right. I oh, good enough for it. <laughs> Because at that time, Ronan was really pushing for Rally Ireland. Yes. And he was on the show, I think, would be twice a month. Uh-huh. But it was great because I was hearing, you know, the listeners were hearing what was happening, how close uh, it was. Was yes. it going to happen? It was uh-huh. coming from the horse's mouth. It wasn't, you know. I threw a back door or anything else. No, it was Ronan's direct, you know. And he, he, fair play to Ronan, he told me the truth. Like, mm-hmm. And then they got up, which was tremendous, you know. Oh, yeah, it was unbelievable, wasn't it? So, that was fantastic. And I remember standing Sligo with him one morning. And we're standing out, and that was the time before the big bus and the helicopters. That crowd, the sky was full of helicopters. Yes. And we're parking them in a field. Mm-hmm. And one night, and he says to me, Ian, I think we'll go. I <laughs> says, why? He says, because we'll witness a death here. Yeah. And that's just true. There was some boy sitting in a portico, and he was supposed to be talking them down. Right. But the boys in there were a few helicopters. They were just landing anywhere. Uh-huh. It's just, you know, you were thinking, that's close, that's close. Uh-huh. It's a wonder it didn't happen. Because that was just before you know everybody and their granny had a helicopter. What a great, great crack at that rally too. Because we, we couldn't, we weren't let out on the stages, you know, with the WRC. So oh, I went right. the end of the stage, you know. Yes. At that time, the press offices were real good crack, uh-huh. you know, because all the local boys sort of stuck together. Uh-huh. You know, uh-huh. Martin, most of them boys, Sammy Hamill, we all stuck together. I remember Sammy Hamill like year one, I, sitting on top. I think Martin Walsh was there. We got away up the mountains. And then 94 circuit, I think Stephen Finley was leading it. Mm-hmm. And it was, do you remember that it was the year of bad snow? Oh, yes. Uh-huh. And they got through the Saturday and they'd lost cars and started cars and reverse stages and done everything. At that time, the whole result systems had went down. Mm-hmm. Sammy needed some for the Ireland Saturday night. I needed some for five o'clock. Martin needed some for five o'clock. And Malcolm Wilson was there. He was doing a chase car with Phil Mills. We all sat down and we decided the top five. And we stopped it for the rest of the night. Yes. <laughs> it wasn't, that was close, but it wasn't uh, that, right? No. But we did nothing else. No. You, you didn't have anything to do. You, yeah, nobody could argue with you. Yeah. As long as we all sat together, <laughs> Brian was there, and we all done that, and that was it. Because we had no way out. No. <laughs> so the organisers, because the snow, and it put cars left, and there was cars running different stages, shouldn't have been all, you know, it was just. Uh-huh. Yes. Uh, but it worked. <laughs> and nobody knew at the moment. Nobody was hurt. Yeah. <laughs> so, but like, where do you feel that Rallying lacks, you know, that promotion or the, the oomph to get it back in the public eye now? 
I, I, th I always go back to, I think it doesn't have a blue riband event that covers Ireland. Uh -huh. You know, you have Donegal, which is tremendous, and everybody wants to do Donegal. And Donegal has stuck to what it's good at. It's the same format, it runs brilliant stages, it's fantastic organisation, the weather's great, and the whole party atmosphere, uh -huh. as much as possible, is there. Yes. You know, I think West Cork is like that too. Mm -hmm. Galway, unfortunately, always seems to be the one that has problems because the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. That's bad weather and struggle to get entries and whatever. And, you know, Ulster has never, a, a fantastic rally that it is, mm -hmm. but it's never catch you. You know, it's a competitor's rally, both competitors run by competitors. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's brilliant to do, it really is. Mm -hmm. But I always say, when I used to cover the Ulster rally, it was the only rally I could get to the end of every stage at and be on time. Yeah, no cars in the road. No, and it, it, it just didn't capture. I think the other thing is now you don't have the big names coming. Mm -hmm. Now we've our own big names here. I think the Bertie Fisher and Austin McHale years were probably the best we were going to get for a long time. Mm -hmm. Because people knew Bertie Fisher in the north, people knew Austin McHale in the south. And they both were very successful businessmen, very big characters. Mm -hmm. You know, and very well respected, and their battles, you know, were fantastic. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, I think when the Ulster started to do, you know, the Formula Two thing, I came across it. I was, you know, I used to argue about it all the time. And mm -hmm. You know, who won? Alistair McRae won the Formula Two car. No, uh, who won it? Uh, uh, no, but Bertie wasn't doing the rally. He was doing uh, something. No, he wasn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I remember standing in the stages and saying to boys, you know, I remember Robbie Head saying to me when he was doing it for Channel Four, Ian, it's Formula Two. Said, no, it's the rally. I uh -huh. cover the rally. Yes. But it's not like that. And once you start doing things like that and mm -hmm. putting doubts in people's minds, yeah. you lose interest. You know, football is simple. Whoever scores the most goals wins. Mm -hmm. yep. GAA, all those, you know. Mm -hmm. But once you start confusing people, yeah. in any sport, it becomes an e-sport. Because Aye. you and me understand it. Mm -hmm. But we don't, you know, even when you see it so much on Twitter now, it's still very niche because it has a number of followers that understand it, understand yes. it, understand it, understand it. But you know, when I was doing it for downtown in the 90s, which was probably the best time, it was headline news every hour. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so even people didn't want to listen to it, were listening to it. Because ah, they were listening to the news yeah. and it was there, right? It was on your consciousness. You know, the troubles actually were the greatest thing happened, Ryan, because when we were on the radio then, people listened, what happened? What's happened in Belfast? There are bombs. So I'm going, uh -huh. Oh, who's in the news? Oh, there's your man. I've listened to that. Uh, so it was a wee light story at the end. Uh -huh. A feel-good thing nearly always. Yeah, you don't, you know, and that's why I never, you know, the hardest things we ever done, done for me anyway, was steal a death anywhere. And I'm sure you, you know about it. You know, yeah, done, it done, done, it's the most horrible thing you have to do. Mm -hmm. But you still have to do it. Yes. And we didn't shy away from that. Mm -hmm. You know, I've gone in Northwest 200 too. You don't, but it's the horrible thing you have to do. But people love that. It's amazing. Yeah. People catch on to that. Mm -hmm. But that's when the public comes back in it because it's an incident. Yes, it attracts the, the casual observer, doesn't it? Yeah. Know, oh, so. did you hear about such and such? And uh -huh. then start conversation, start yes. conversation. But it's just, I, I don't know. I, I think, you know, when I see young drivers now, they're very good, but it's all money. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't get in an R5 unless you have a budget. Yeah. You know, it's not, you can, you can go and do a wee rally, yes, and there's still some of that about, but mm -hmm. not, they're still spend. everybody's spending a lot of money. Yeah. And it's, it's always been an expensive sport. Of course it has, yeah, but... Yeah, that, I don't think people would do probably what we all did in those days and put everything we had on it just to go and do it. Mm -hmm. 
not expecting a return. Yeah, right, they're, they're wanting to get to that next level or to that next yeah. whatever. Yeah, so I like, looked after the Toshiba stuff for when they came over and did, you know, sponsored the championship, uh-huh. and which was sort of walking a tightrope because they expected when they sponsor something, it's for a return. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. And then they were asked to sponsor, they asked, you know, they sold the thing, and then they said, we want so much more money because we want it TV. And they were going, mm-hmm. what? We bought this, we own it. No, no, no. Mm-hmm. So that sort of upset it a bit. And then when they got to, uh, they got to, they all started in the Manx and Jim Clark. Oh, yeah. But we own the championship. But Pirelli on that. Uh-huh. What? No, we paid for this. Yeah. And that's effectively what put them away. Yeah. But when you think about it, it's too confusing. Yeah. Again, now it's that whole separation so, of. Uh, yeah. mm-hmm. What's the British Championship and what's. You know, they bought the Championship, this is what they thought. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden they couldn't cover 20 cars yeah. or whatever. Yeah, so. You're only allowed to do this. Mm-hmm. What? But we, we paid for this. Yeah. You know. That was, that, that, I think that's the problem. I think, I think now. With the pandemic, I think we have an opportunity to reset the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think the tarmac championship has done very well over the years, and it certainly has since the new people got involved, got a lot better. Yeah, and it, the rallies do stand out better, and mm-hmm. they don't, they don't have the minks, no. which is a fantastic rally. Don't get me wrong. wrong. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you know, when you have two championships vying for the same stuff, mm-hmm. the Ulster still, but the Ulster. Will always be that. Mm-hmm. It's not going to change. Yep. But the rest of the rounds, you know, Westcourt, Killarney, you know, Donegal is the jewel in the crown for everybody. And it always mm-hmm. will be. Yeah, hopefully. But I think if, if they can build on that, and, you know, I think what they did with that rally in uh, Malcolm Wilkes rally, they've done, the, you know, returned to rally in Greystoke. Yes. Week, you know, the non touch stuff now. And, you know, if we can adopt that over here, it'll work. Yeah, well, there's yeah, opened up a whole lot of avenues here now at the moment, hasn't it? Uh-huh. You know, that that different scrutineering and all that too. It's going yeah, to be, you know, yeah. And people say, oh, they'll cheat at scrutineering. Of course they'll cheat, but they get caught. Yeah. Everybody cheats at scrutineering. We yeah. all know there's something wrong with a car or something mm-hmm. we haven't done right, you know, yeah. something. But the scrutineers will work with them. And, you know, scrutineers eventually do get around everybody. Yeah. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. And, you know, to be truthful, it's a lot better than it was 25 years ago when the cars were, you know, quite bad. Yeah. We're all safe cars now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think maybe over here, if we stick to what we're good at, mm-hmm. and we, you know, we like modified cars, we like escorts, mm-hmm. and stick to that and stick, you know, let them run with everything. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best thing we can do because we're never going to see it. I don't think we'll ever see it 70, 80 cars fully homologated in rallies. No, it's, it's uh, not happening, isn't it? Yeah. So yeah, fantastic. The top, you know, 15, 20 cars, these are five cars. I I didn't really think it was great at the start, but the phenomenon, no, you know, yeah, without yeah. Doubt, you know, so mm-hmm. you know, they come on and you know, the people that are driving them will come on. And, you know, yeah. we have a lot of talent. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, but that talent, you know, I think the Billy Golden thing is what John Coyne and that's doing is absolutely fantastic. Yes, mm-hmm. but those guys still need to take a budget. Yes, they need. You know, and it's not. No. It's not two hundred quid. No, it's not even 200,000. <laughs> it's you know, no, it's, it's going to the millions now, isn't it, to get to it's that. It's just crazy, crazy. Yeah. You know, you, you would hope, when you, when you see what Craig Breen has done, mm-hmm. you'd hope maybe somebody else could do that. But the worry is then, there, if you look at it now, and what's going to come forward in the World Championship, you've got Hyundai works team. You've mm-hmm. got Toyota works team. That's your lot. That's it. Yeah. You've M Sport, who 
build fantastic cars and do a fantastic job on a tiny, tiny budget. Yeah, a fraction of the They can sell cars, it's mm. not going to happen for them. No. Mm -hmm. You know, but what, you know, if we had, you know, 2001, all those, you know, how many did you have? Eight or nine uh -oh. manufacturers? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, we, we, just didn't, we didn't realize how good it was, did we, at the time? No, so. you know, we used to think, there's a sense, they're not very good. You know, uh -huh. <laughs> works time, you know. Uh, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I, I think all filters from the top, and I think this next coming year, you know, people are talking about it now, 2021 is going to be great. We're four months away for it. Yeah. I can't see the, you know, a switch changing overnight. Can we see Monte Carlo run? If it happened next month, it's not happening. No. Mm -hmm. You know, but then, you know, it could happen because we could have, you know, a vaccine could appear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think. A vaccine appearing, although we'll not all get vaccinated quickly, it'll make everybody more confident. If you did get it, you can get a vaccine. Yes. I, or a cure, whatever is in you front can do of something. Yeah. Now, if we do get it, mm -hmm. well, you can get into hospital now. Before, you maybe had to sit outside for a while. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so, but it's just, I think it's times if we've never seen the like of it before. No, no, and hopefully never again there. Do you? Okay, yes. Yeah. Same mm -hmm. for everybody, isn't it? You know, yeah. But it's, the thing is, I think it's hard to understand because it's nobody's fault. No, I, we can't point the finger. This is one, this is one thrown out by Mother Nature. And yeah, you can never beat Mother Nature. No, <laughs> it always gets one a step ahead, isn't it? The whole thing. So. Yeah. I think that's a nice place just to wrap up there, Johnny. And um, really appreciate you taking the time to join us. Um, I really enjoyed tonight's chat. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure. Thanks for the chat, Kevin. The best of luck with. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. That was Ian Bizant and myself, Kevin Gunning, talking about it. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did recording it. If you did enjoy it, could you please like, share and comment? And if you're listening to Apple podcast, could you please rate the podcast? It would be greatly appreciated. Until the next time, take care and bye-bye.